you want, do you want the truth, mate? The absolute bang honest truth in my normal. The bang honest truth. I'll tell you what the bang honest truth is. You put forward that we'd have a got cast, and then you forgot to cast their net. That's that the is, truth. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. My goodness, Magsy, am I a tired boy today? You don't look it. Or not? You're lying to yeah, me. You absolutely look worn out. Uh, what great start to the show. Hello, folks. How are you all? <laughs> it's yeah. Monday night. You know what that means. Hello, I'll Mrs. Tell you. I'll tell you what that means. I'll tell you exactly what that means. It means... Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. <laughs> hmm. I'll tell you, that sounds a little familiar, actually. Where have I heard that this week? Ori, I see you. I do. <laughs> mm, I do. I do. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, a Radio Techers production. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the 60-minute man to my 60 seconds man. I'm sorry, love. The Space Mountain to my third successive win and counting, maybe fourth. I don't know. I, to be honest, I've not updated the spreadsheet for quite a while, so I've lost track. A podcaster who can easily go the full hour anytime requested if we're talking about literally talking. The Podfather himself, Lord Mags. How are we doing this week, sir? 60 minute, man. I mean, I can literally go have a nap. Maybe go again in that sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm doing well. Um, been I felt a little bit under the weather over the weekend. Uh, had a, a bit of a, a sniffle and a sore throat. It wasn't the Rona. The wife made sure I was uh, fully checked. Uh, so yeah, you 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 won't catch the Rona from me. But yeah, I felt a little bit grotty. Uh, but. We had a uh, we had uh, radio techers and we had UFC back, so that kind of perked me up a little bit. And then uh, we we recorded some of Changing Attitude uh, yesterday, so yeah, I'm, I'm harped back, glad to be back uh, on uh, on um, Chain Wrestling with you, sir. Yeah, it's great stuff, mate. Great stuff. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had an okay time. I've, uh, like I said, today I'm a bit I didn't tired. Ask. All right, swap you then. Let's look. Let's move on. <laughs> How's your bloody, week been? I know bollocks. I'm going to tell everyone else apart from you. All right. <laughs> uh, my week's been all right, mate. You know, my week's been not been, not been too bad. Not even too bad today. Like I said, I woke up crazy early today. Mm-hmm. Couldn't settle back to sleep. Um, did some stuff in the back room for you know for the missus and whatever, and ended up just dozing off when I was trying to watch the wrestling earlier and I've woken up now I feel absolutely out of it. So this kind of monster is going to hopefully perk me up for another fun time on Chain Wrestling Live Monday night. And I see people in the chat already saying hello to us, Magsy. Shall we check in with that and say hello yes, to them back? Shall. Somebody who's uh, been uh, absent for the last few weeks, only rocking up uh, as the show is wrapping up. Uh, Mr. Griffin, uh, say we can't revoke his CWF uh, membership, um, calls me a, a rude word there, which I won't repeat, uh, and then says I got so harped that I forgot the name of the show. It wasn't the harp, it's the fact I, am, I have so many shows, it's hard <laughs> to remember which show I'm actually on. 
but yeah, we've uh, we've got uh, Scottish Danny, aka the uh, Colin McAlder in 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 the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? And the middleweight uh, champion of Kent is here. Yes, uh, and also a permanent member of, of uh, a changing attitude now. Uh, one man's meet as well. He's got uh, that show coming out. Yeah, yep. a lot of uh, a lot of content coming from a. Uh, um, Mr. Uh, McAlder, um, maybe a, a new show with you, perhaps. Who knows? Well, cat's out of the bag, you saying that, isn't it? So, I don't well, know. No, 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 yeah, exactly. Speaking of podcasts we've been teasing for a very long time, that is actually going to rock up. Two weeks, I think it is, the 1st of February. The first episode of the Doctor Who pod will be coming out, a project that Dan Griffin and myself have been working on. So, yeah, really cheap plug. Look, I linked to that as well, Matthew. I probably linked to what you were saying to plug in a show. I'm a goddamn professional, me. I'm, I'm really excited for that show. Um, been a, a pretty big Doctor Who fan since the the kind of like uh, new iteration, uh, the like the, yeah. the 2010s version. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested to to hear yours and um, and Dan's take on that. And I, I noticed as well you were recording yesterday an episode exactly at the same time that uh, that we were recording an episode of a uh, uh, changing attitude in the same studio. So yeah, that was a uh, that was fun. Modern technology and it flash, isn't it clever? It's, it's, oh, it's it's cool. Yeah, it, it's confusing. I don't really understand how any of it works, but it does work. So you know, I, said, I don't need I don't need to know how the fire is made as long as it keeps me warm. That's all that matters. <laughs> fair play, fair play. Right, we have quite a bit to get to today. We of mm-hmm. course have our non wrestling topic, which we had so many responses to and so many talking points <laughs> the, oh they, this was a sparsy one people yeah, got great. got angry <laughs> yeah brilliant stuff brilliant stuff so we'll get to that shortly we of course have a raw rumble to look at with our mm-hmm. actual wrestling topic in the second half of the show and obviously raw rumble 60 minute matches as as hinted towards with our intro this week and, and the references there so obviously that's got a little bit of content to discuss there as well so I suppose we must just crack on with the show, Magsy. Um, we've got a new segment that hopefully is going to run every single week if people like it. Yes, so we have. Shall we run the little jingle that we've prepared and then explain what our new segment is? Yes, we shall. That's right. That's right. That tickles me. This is the new chain wrestling Hall of Lame. Effectively, (laughs) what the plan is. This week, Magsy and I have both got a wrestler or a gimmick or something from the past in, in this crazy, crazy world that we all love so much that also sadly gives us plenty of reasons to cringe and be embarrassed about pretty much on a weekly bloody basis. (laughs) <laughs> whether it's a character a storyline or whatever we are going to effectively honor these embarrassments we're going to try and flip them on their head and take them from something that makes you desperately try and grab the remote control and turn over quicker than if your wife comes downstairs and you still got babe station on than anything else because we're going to honor these lame embarrassing gimmicks and they should be honored 
to be going in. Magsy and I are both going to put forward one this week. We're both going to enter our first entrance into the Hall of Lame, and then we're probably just going to alternate week to week from there onwards. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Magsy, do you want to go first or second, my friend? Uh, I'm happy to go first, and I think if we're going to start uh, a new regular segment, we have to hit the ground running. We've got to go hard or go home. So my first entrant into the Hall of Lame is the gobbledygooker. Oh, my word. Okay. So for people who don't know, um, thank yourself, Lucky, first of all. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> In in around the the the, the middle of nineteen ninety, um, the WWF started to wheel out um, a, a giant egg to shows. Um, apparently, it was to kind of uh, um, create a new uh, mascot for the for the for the WWF, uh, kind of a uh, similar to uh, the San Diego Chicken. Uh, and over the weeks and months, this this egg started to uh, to hatch and to crack. Um, to the point where at the at the uh, 1990 Survivor Series, uh, it hatched open, and uh, Mean Gene was uh, was uh, the person who was around the egg when it hatched, and he he speculated that it may contain a dinosaur or some balloons or even the playmate of the month. We were not we were not greeted with any of those. What we were greeted with was Hector Guerrero. The 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 groundbreaking uh, luchador from the the famous Guerrero family in a chick in a well a turkey costume um, <laughs> leaping around the ring like a fucking idiot, <laughs> and when when he was prompted to be interviewed by um, Auckland, he just gobbled a lot like gobble gobble gobble. And Mean Gene was like, You're you're what? You're you're the what are you telling me? What what, what are you telling me? You're the gobbledy what? The gobbledy gooker? Oh my. So my first pick is definitely that. I mean, we could have easily gone with the other entrant from that show, um, which would have been The Undertaker. Can you imagine having to share your spotlight of your debut? Knowing that you would go on to be one of the the uh, the best wrestling gimmicks of all time, you shared that spotlight with a bloke in a fucking chicken costume. So yeah, <laughs> I'm putting forward uh, the stupid, stupid gobbledygooker. There we go. The first entrance to the prestigious chain wrestling hall of lame. The gobbledygooker. You struggled with prestigious then. It was almost like you threw up a little bit in your mouth and had to swallow it back down. It wasn't wasn't throw up. It was a little burp because I just had a big (laughs) swig of my kind of monster when you were talking. And I realized, oh my goodness. And it's like bubbling up there. And I keep trying. I don't want to burp on air. So I end up sort of just doing these things where I kind of go. (laughs) (laughs) My first entrance into the chain wrestling hall of lame is a gimmick I reference quite often on various different shows as the first point of view, the first thing that pops in my head when it comes to embarrassing or cringe gimmicks for some reason, even though there are worse ones, this is the first one that pops in my head purely because I remember it on television when I was a child. And I would like to give you the blue suited wonder of Max Moon. Wow. Now, Not this one guy, I would orig- uh, like instantly go to, but yeah, this was yeah. this was embarrassing. This guy apparently came from the future. 
So that was straight away a bit of a cringe moment right there. Even for someone who's a massive fan of time travel TV programs, you're watching a wrestling show and there's this guy in a blue suit that it looks like it's been made on Blue Peter, to be fair, <laughs> uh, and and a mask and so on. And it's this, this it, it just looks absolutely ridiculous. He would come to the ring with these big, massive, I suppose, almost painted on shoe boxes on his on his forearms and shoot fireworks into the crowd and everyone would go ooh but that was when they worked there's numerous occasions where he'd walk out on an episode of superstars and it just wouldn't happen and he'd be waving his arms around looking like just well i suppose a little bit like the gobbledygooker just blue because <laughs> he's flapping his arms around with no fireworks the original max moon from the future was actually conan he arranged to work for the WWF and, and Vince McMahon in the early nineties. And he uh, acted like a bit of a dick. He was still working in Mexico in the early nineties as well. He was making a lot of money in Mexico. There's there some TV rights deal that went through in the early nineties, which meant that wrestlers pay skyrocketed. So he just weren't turning up to WWF events, even though they paid a lot of money for this suit, the hype and everything to push Max Moon invested tons and tons of cash conan was just like yeah i'm just gonna stay here and make him wrestle here instead i don't want, i don't want to look like this idiot so paul diamond ended up getting stuck in the suit purely because he was backstage one day when conan didn't turn up and the suit happened to be his size i kid you not <laughs> i kid you not that is exactly what the situation was um i think we ended up with max moon wrestling on maybe one pay-per-view two pay-per-views and he may have been in the 93 rumble for, you know, 30 seconds or something like that. But yeah, the second entrant in the chain wrestling hall of lame. So that made me cringe and be embarrassed to be a wrestling fan when I was 11 years old. Mr. Max moon from the future. Jesus wept. That's a, that's a horrific pick. Um, yeah, it's like the old Simpsons meme. He died on the way back to his home planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think two very, very worthy entrants there out of the Hall of Lame. And what we'd like for everybody else is people to chuck us uh, suggestions on on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever. Uh, use the has hashtag CWF. Use the hashtag Hall of Lame, whichever one you prefer, or both. Chuck us entrance, say, you, 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 what about this for the Hall of Lane? What about this? What about that? Me and Max, you'll go through them. We may pick some of yours. We may already have your suggestions in mind, or we may completely ignore them. Who knows? But still, send them in anyway. <laughs> send them in. We'll probably ignore you. So. <laughs> but there we go. There we go. Maxi, shall we uh, have a look at our non-wrestling topic for the week then? Yes, we shall, sir. Yes, we shall. And this was a, a doozy. Um sparked up quite a lot of uh of uh emotion from from mm -hmm. the cwf so yeah uh we uh we went with uh the good the bad and the ugly of reboots remakes remasters things like that so yeah yeah we've got some uh some interesting replies yeah it was inspired by effectively the news that quantum leap is being well a pilot has been ordered for a reboot of quantum leap what a bad idea that is yeah, I, I, I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Benny and I touched upon it when we did a, a bonus episode the other day because that news came out. We thought we've got to comment on it purely because, you know, we've, we've got a Quantum Leap show. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I do I do have my, my worries because you look at certain reboots like 
MacGyver, Knight Rider, and so on. They all kind of sucked, and they all kind of disappeared after a couple of seasons. I'm worried that Quantum Leap is going to end up going the same way. But at the same time, a Quantum Leap reboot is something that Quantum Leap fans have been clamoring for for years. So it would be wrong of us now to turn around and be like, well, don't want it, wouldn't he? And yes, Sharon in the chat, I don't like change. So there we go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I will very quickly. I, I completely slipped my mind again. I'm very tired. I apologize. How unprofessional of me. That's not my usual high standards, Max. We're gonna <laughs> the um, the sort of jingle, the intro, and so on for the Hall of Lame segment that is going to be on the show each week now. You'll hear someone's little voice going lame. That is my middle daughter, Olivia, Livy. Uh, she took a lot of convincing to do it. She didn't want to She didn't want to record her own voice. But, yeah, I think it fits very, very well. So thank you very, very much, Olivia, for doing that for us. And Sharon there, yeah. Luby's voice at the end makes her laugh. And, yeah, it's great. It's great. So it wouldn't that little jingle wouldn't work without, without my daughter's voice. So thanks, Liv. Appreciate it, darling. I'll let you stay here for another week. We, um... <laughs> <laughs> You've earned your living rats. That's right. We will start, I suppose, with Dan Griffin at Dan Griffin 21, the other half of the Doctor Who pod coming out on the 1st of February. Um, a few suggestions and shout outs here for reboots that were done well, done wrong, or reboots mm-hmm. he may like to see, I guess. It says here, all depends on whether reboots are done right. Hulk and Spider-Man in the MCU, good reboots. Doctor Who, good reboot. But there are made so many shit TV reboots, mostly of classic sitcoms or game shows, that you may as well not bother. And, and that's a fair point, I think. There are so, so many that just go wrong, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, the recent Porridge one, I don't know if you've, uh, oh, if you've seen God. that. Oh, my God. It was it was grim. And I think there was an Open All Hours uh, remake as well. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. The porridge one was so strange because he, the guy, the guy who, who was um, who played Fletcher, or, or was supposed to be Fletcher's nephew or something like that, wasn't he? Like you know, mm-hmm. had so many of the mannerisms of the character Fletcher from the original series, but obviously it's not Fletcher. Yeah, that kind, that kind of creeped me out a bit. It was it was it was like a if you'd order Fletcher from Wish.com. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, Dan continues there's an obsession with rebooting stroke remaking intellectual properties rather than trying something original for example I love Batman but if I see his origin story in a film one more fucking time I'll scream (laughs) or another shitty Terminator movie leave the magic in the older films now I've not seen any of the newer Terminators which will probably shock some people because you know (laughs) actually that's a lie it does shock you that I'm going to turn around and be saying I've not seen that then you'd obviously have not seen the show before but um the terminator one terminator two fantastic after yeah. that i've not seen it so i i think terminator two may be the best sequel to a film that's ever been made i think it's it's superb terminator three was that the the rise of the machines watch that thought it was horrific uh <laughs> never never watched any more of the terminators I don't okay. want to sully the memory of the Terminator from the rest of them. So the, Rise the, of the Christian Bale one. The, go on. I'm oh, sorry, Rise of the Machines. That does ring a bell. I might have seen that one. That's with the female Terminator. Okay, yeah, that does, I think I think I've seen that. I think. 
it's, it's, it, it was terrible. So okay. that, that put me off all Terminators from the future or the past or the future, whichever, whichever timeline. Like Max Moon. <laughs> he died the on the way to his own planet. <laughs> oh, at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, our good friend Colin McCaldy, he says here, I'll always be partial to the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's hashtag Colin approved. Now, I've seen the original. Brilliant. I've not seen the remake because, again, a lot of these horror remakes I don't really want to watch because I, I like the original so much, if that makes sense. And I suppose I could potentially be missing out on something that's brilliant by my own stubbornness. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen either of these, Max? I've seen the original. I don't okay. remember um, seeing the, the reboot, but it's likely that I have, and it's just passed me by. Uh, I think horror films... Uh, they tend to be rebooted a hell of a lot. Mm. Like it, it's it's so easy to to go back and re re imagine a film or kind of um, do an origin story, things like that. Uh, so I, I do tend to give quite a few of them uh, a wide berth because I've watched the originals and the classics, and um, I think sometimes CGI doesn't work as well as as the practical effects that you got in the in like the seventies and eighties. Yeah, we discussed that quite a lot, me and Dan, actually, on the Doctor Who pod that comes out on the 1st of February. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Because, again, because the CGI, something as recent as a, as, a, uh, as a CGI effect from like 2005, 2006, when we've watched it back, looks dated. Mm-hmm. So do you think these things maybe date or age quicker than the sort of practical or, or the actual... The effects with models, maybe do they do they age differently? I don't know. I, th- I think CGI ages very very quickly, okay. and that that's because of the the way that CGI uh, just gets better and better with with leaps and bounds with every kind of new film or especially video games. Uh, how quickly they progress to to looking almost realistic. The the older uh, CGI. It, it does look it does look pretty jarring. You can tell uh, pretty easily when when it's uh, CGI with practical effects. Yeah, you know it's uh, you know it's all done with latex and, and rubber mm. and, and and kind of a uh, solid um, materials, but it looks more realistic in a lot of a lot of uh, cases. Obviously, there's some uh, practical effects that looks absolutely dire, but the the majority of them look better i think in practical than they do uh in cgi yeah well, that makes a lot of sense i, I suppose I, I look at some older films that look better than i suppose more recent films i mean one that pops in my head straight away is is the original ghostbusters from 1984 you look at some of the scenes in that that were made with models and so on i think it's still obviously this these films are pushing 40 years old but i think they still look good today considering mm-hmm. they're 40 years old but yeah. then something 15 years old 10 years old yeah i, th- I think you're right max that makes a lot of sense mate mm-hmm. well I, I do make sense sometimes um i don't know we uh <laughs> <laughs> Millwall chris on twitter at Millwall chris one he says here the equalizer will always be ed woodward to me well, the guy from manchester united <laughs> edward woodward edward woodward yeah, yes um, can't bring myself to watch the film versions with Denzel Washington or the TV remake with Queen Latifah. Nothing against either of them, though. 
Now, I've not seen masses of the original Equalizer. I oh. messed in bits when I was at, when I was very little. It was one of those programs where if you were really good on a, on a Sunday, uh, <laughs> even though it was a school day, the day after, you may be allowed to stay up and watch a, an episode of The Equalizer uh, in, in my house. My uh, um, uh, parents were big fans of uh, The Equalizer, so yeah, I saw okay. quite a bit of it in, in my day. I have watched the Denzel Washington film, though, and that was fantastic. Honestly, I've, that was amazing. I've watched the first one. Um, I don't really remember a lot about it. Uh, I certainly haven't seen the second one, and I didn't even know there was a, a remake uh, series of it, so that's yeah. absolutely new to me. Yeah, I saw a few of the adverts, and, of course, I loved the film, so I thought I'll give that, I'll give that a go. Set it mm-hmm. to record on the box, and it, you know, there's my usual sort of let it build up four or five episodes in case I want to sort of binge a load of them, and then ended yeah. up just deleting them because... The know, shit. Just, just never got around to it and time and, and all that sort of stuff so <laughs> really worthwhile exercise on my part i suppose mill chris continues he sends us a picture of the karate kid with i think that's jackie chan so this would be the remake from the is it early and, 2000s this was and done that's um J- is, is it called Jaden? Jaden smith will smith okay all oh, right I think, okay. I think it's called Jaden. but yeah and he just just simply says i have never crap. seen it never watched it Mm. refuse to watch it i like jackie chan don't get me wrong uh some of his stuff is uh is funny rush hour is absolutely superb but i remember the the wax on wax off paint the fence yeah. um with with uh pat marita as as the the cracking and yeah i don't want to watch this it doesn't mm. interest me in the slightest no. nor me nor me what about um is it cobra kai it's called on now, netflix have you seen that uh I've I've been told that I have to watch it, and I'm trying to to kind of find the time to watch it, um, because it's 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 getting so many rare reviews. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm definitely gonna gonna try and check it out sometime if I if I can squeeze it in. Yes. Yeah. Everyone keeps sending me. It's really really good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have Michael Rag on Twitter at Raggy eighty nine. Thank you for joining in there, sir. He says he would really like to see a reboot of Thundercats, mm-hmm. even if it's just Exodus, either CGI or some good prosthetics. Plus, who doesn't want to get a shudder with an evil updated Mumra? That would be done well. That could be creepy as hell. The Thundercats were badass. I only mm. really, uh, I know that they did a, re, uh, a kind of reboot of the, the cartoon a few years ago. Uh, didn't really get into it, uh, but the original kind of uh, Generation 1 series, yeah, it was, oh, it was superb. We must yeah. watch TV for, for us kids. I loved it, mate. It was so good. And I had like a couple of the action figures as well. And I, I had the, I had the, the, um, the car with the, uh, the, okay, the, great. Yeah. With the paws that raised up. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. My mate had the plastic sword. Um oh, right. the large uh, one. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah. The so where the light glew up and you yeah, it yeah. face like that. Uh, and if you swung it around, uh, Thunder. You, thunder. Yeah. Thunder. Thundercats. If you swung it around, oh. it would it would go like ka ching, ka ching, ka ching, as though you were fighting somebody else. You know, <laughs> like, like like sword noises. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, that was sword noises, wasn't it? Yeah. That was close I enough. Know. Ka-ching. Yeah, it certainly doesn't sound like you also doing that Asda advert. <laughs> you can buy swords at Asda, shouldn't it? We, um, 
Uh, Michael Rag continues. The casting is the hardest thing, I think, uh, besides Terry Crews as Panfro. And that is, that, that's quite a good shout. That's a banging shout. That is absolutely a banging shout. Uh, yeah, and uh, you said that we'll have a go at the casting, and I've actually struggled because yeah. you're thinking about a, a live casting. I mean, uh, for. Um, for Tagra, I, I probably would have gone with maybe Naomi Watts um, from, um, you'll probably know her best from um, The Ring, the mum from The Ring. No, I've never seen that. Oh, brilliant. Um, <laughs> for uh, the, the, the the two uh, kids, uh, Wiley Kate and Wiley Cat, um, I, I think one was a girl and one was a boy, so I'd have gone with probably uh, Dakota Fanning and then Tom Holland. Uh, the new Spider-Man. Okay. No, the no, no, yeah, you know I know they are. are. I know they are. Okay, uh, Lionel was tough, um, but I think um, um, the the Superman guy uh, is also in the Witcher. Uh, is it Henry uh, Cavill? Cavill. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, in that case, then the name you just said that I said that I know, I don't know who that is because I was thinking of him. For Tom Holland, yeah, of Spider Man, the young new Spider Man. I, I don't know who that is. You, you thought he was the Witcher? No, 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 no. Right, that fella who played Superman in The Witcher, he was on a talk the, show a few weeks back. The so fella who that. played Superman in The Witcher. No, Superman and The Witcher. Nobed, listen. Okay, right. <laughs> he he was on a talk show. I think it was Graham Norton a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know this bloke as the guy from Superman. Yeah. When you said, I don't know his name. When you said that other fella's name, I thought it was him from the Graham Norton show, but it's not. The one from Graham Norton is actually Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill. That, yeah, the one that, but the, the he wasn't Spider Man. Spider Man no, is I, a young kid. I know, I know Peter that Parker. now. I was just saying, oh, fucking up, move on, Max. <laughs> so who would you have as Lionel? Um, do you want do you want the truth, mate? The absolute bang on his truth in my normal. The bang height. on his truth. I'll tell you what the bang on his truth is. You put forward that we'd have a go at casting, then you forgot to cast any. That's that the is, truth. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know you I like com- the back of I, my hand, sir. I completely <laughs> forgot about we were going to do this until you literally read out that tweet. Brilliant. However. However, Apologies, Ragge89, <laughs> for one of us was professional. Mate, I'm tired. When, the <laughs> when um, with regards to Lionel was the main character, wasn't he? The one with the swords that we were talking about. Yeah. Right. I and this isn't just for a recasting thing. I've always thought facially, he looks a little bit like Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's a good chat, but Tom Cruise is like four foot. Yeah, he'd have to wear stilts or something, wouldn't he? We'd have to stretch or be, Or always be like in the foreground. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> do you know in um in like the 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 proper early Rambo films back in the eighties mm-hmm. that when Rambo was walking next to the fella who was his commanding officer, they'd okay. have to make him walk on a bench or like make the other guy walk on like a lower step or something like that because he towered above Sylvester Stallone. Really? Yeah, there's a picture somewhere online of it apparently. Oh wow, didn't know that. Um, yeah. Dan Griffin in the chat saying he would have uh, cast Anthony Ainley as, uh, as Lionel after the Doctor Who that they covered last night. Look at the what's all these Doctor Who plugs? Is, that, is there a, is there that Doctor, Doctor Who? Who? Sure. 
Would that be the Doctor Who pod coming out on the 1st of February? I think it might be. And, and we'd struggle anyway because Auntie Amy's dead, but yeah, Oof. potentially he could have been, I suppose. And uh, Ander uh, from Bang Bang Podcast, uh, thank you for joining us from your bath, sir. Uh, he's put forward David Dickinson as a good line. Or, and Wouldn't need so much makeup. He's <laughs> it, ready. He's prepared. He's, yeah. he's been living this character for 20 years. Yeah, that's a good shape. That's a good shape. In our trouble, it's swinging the sword around with a lot of jewellery on as well that wouldn't be too heavy. You know, it wouldn't be quick enough it, in the fight. He'd it, make his own cha-ching sound, though. Oh, yeah. Ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, so, very true. I'm going to put you on the spot then. Who would you have playing Mumra? That's, the, that's the baddie. It's one person. Oh, you know what? Go on, who have you got? No, I've answered at least four, so you can go for yeah. I've got a name. But... You've got a name. <laughs> I see. I, I really don't know. Right, so mine would be Ron Perlman, I think, from some... Oh, uh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a, I, I, I would never in a million years have thought of that, but that's a brilliant shape. Painted up that pale blue, like the the obviously he'd play the Muslim Mumra because obviously he's a, he's a big strapping lad, and then they'd have to kind of CJ him into the the sickly Mumra. But mm. yeah, I'd have oh, I want to go watch Thundercats now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch I, Thundercats, had, I had a I had a box set of Thundercats uh, back in the day, and I don't know where it is gone. You know, I miss it. Yeah, I imagine they're on YouTube, aren't they? Yeah, there will be. Mm. Or Netflix, maybe. Yeah. Have you seen YouTube now? Sometimes you type in something you want to watch and it comes up, okay, you can watch this if you pay like three quid and stuff. Yeah. Wind your neck in YouTube. What's that about? I know. How dare you stop us pirating yeah. <laughs> copyrighted materials. Rude. In, in, in true chain wrestling fashion, fuck copyright. <laughs> oh, Dan's come up with a great shout for, for Mumra. I don't think he'd work for the muscly kind of... Uh, uh, like the the solid mumra, but Andy Circuit for the for the the sickly like um, sarcophagus mumra would be a really good shout. Mm, I agree. You don't know Andy Circuit, do you? No, I'm no clue at all. Brilliant. No, he's, idea. The, guy, he's the guy who uh, did the um, did the CGI for Gollum. Oh, okay. I think he also did the the character work for uh, King Kong for the King Kong movie. Okay. All oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Little Weasley did. Yeah, Weasley anti circus. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Anyway, Dan Griffin also tweeted in. Speaking of Batman, I've no idea why they tried to do animated Batman TV series because they perfected it in the mid nineties. Same with animated series of Spider Man, X Men, Fantastic Four. They've been perfected in the nineties. Stop trying. It'll never be as good. The, I mean, he's right. The the animated series of especially X Men and Fantastic Four, they were superb in the in the early nineties. But it's this one simple reason why they keep redoing it because these companies love money, mm, and exactly. nothing nothing earns more money than old RPs. And if it even if it is shite, they know people are still going to watch it mm-hmm. and then complain about it using the hashtags, which will get more eyes on it. Yep. And oh. and then you just you just re-release the the originals as classic, and then you sell sell them in abundance. Mm. 
Yes, very quickly in the chat, we have Mr. Benny Mack saying, if we were to recast chain wrestling, who would Sai be played by? I'm going to get in there very quickly before the wife, uh, Brian Blessed. There we go. Now, no one else can take the joke. Thank you, Sharon. Okay. Gordon's alive! That's a long-running theme at the football club because I'm fat and I had a beard. <laughs> I mean, and that that's actually a good show. I do you have a big booming voice like Brain Blessed. Do, do you have a booming voice like? Ho, 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 ho. Well, we talk every week, so you hear me, don't you? Do I? No, but you, you're not. He he literally booms like really. He, he talks normal, and then when he has to, he, he shouts. Uh, okay. booms. So so like so like Max Moon. That sort of thing. Yeah, so no, that one to yeah. work. That's a bad pick. That's a bad pick, Sharon. Oh, no, not going to. Maybe maybe facially the beard or whatever and, and belly-wise potentially, but not, not noise-wise, shall I, we say. I think who would play me would be probably Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've done that just to goad the wife, haven't you? Just to try and get a reaction. Just to pop, pop Mrs. P. Yeah. Can you imagine if Jared Leto had a Burnley accent as well? I, I think he does. He's such a good actor that yeah. he, he's he's from the this side of the Pennines. I'm telling you. Yeah, and, and he he's on stage, and you know all the women swooning over him in these films and all that. And then when he gets home, he's like, "Oh, my wife, I want my knife." <laughs> like I, didn't, I didn't realize Jared Leto had had a stroke. When I try and do an impression of you, there's only one noise I can do the accent for, and it's that kind of ah. Yeah, but noise. you can't. You can't. That's what you, you say. Like. To you, maybe. Maybe. But probably to everyone else as well. <laughs> I'm feeling the xenophobia. I'm really feeling you you southerners with your xenophobia. Xenophobia. Well, there we go. It's what it is, mate, isn't it? It's what it is. The amount of times you've had a dig at Gloucester, eh? And the way we live our lives down here. Um, we... <laughs> from Facebook. Maxie, we got a message on Facebook. This is amazing. Uh, from Chuck Winchester, who is, real name is Ben from, yeah, I'm exposing you, Ben. There we go. From the regular scheduled hostilities podcast on the buzz network he says rob zombies halloween so much promise but poorly delivered i naturally responded saying i've not seen it as people can imagine <laughs> brilliant <laughs> to which chuck responded what the hell you've had 15 fucking years yes i have and i've still not seen <laughs> yeah he, he did a couple of them didn't he did uh one one and two uh mm. I, I did see the first one I didn't really think that much of it, so I'd never bother with the second one. Mm. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And I don't think he's particularly a good film director, to be fair. I think he'd course off his name. His yeah, that'd make a lot of sense. And music-wise as well, it, crap. the music he plays is very much sort of, it ticks the boxes for me, doesn't it? It's, it's metal, it's hard rock, that kind of And musically, I'm not a massive fan either. <laughs> To be fair, yeah. there's a couple of tracks he's done that I do enjoy, but then you can buy an album on the basis of those, and it's kind of just Paint bad numbers almost. Yeah, it's just not there for me, mate. It's just not there yeah. for me. Um, another from Dan Griffin. 
horror movies seem to be immune from bad reboots due Wrong. to the amount of bad sequels. I mean, yeah, he, he balances it out there. I think bad reboots, they still aren't immune. They still get right. some terrible ones, but they also get a lot of terrible sequels. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th all had loads of shit sequels but are good reboots in the late 2000s, early early 2010s. The ah. latest Halloween movies are a bunch uh, retcotting a bunch of old ones were great. I don't agree with him. I think the the Nightmare on Elm Street classic um, films were were brilliant. I, I I could happily go back and watch mm. them now. Uh, the 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 one uh, that that was rebooted maybe a decade ago with uh, and I can't remember the actor's name. He played Rorschach in the in the in the the Watchmen film. Um, that was decent, uh, but. Yeah, I don't. I won't take any nightmare on Elm Street slander on this show. Absolutely not. Friday the Thirteenth wasn't really my um, kind of uh, movie. I didn't mind it, but it's not one I'd, I'd go out to to search for. Uh, Dan in the chat with the clutch there, Jackie Earl Haley. Yep, great actor. Absolutely great actor. Um, but yeah, the those nightmare on Elm Street uh, films are, are really good. Mm, okay, I see. Halloween is is my favorite. The, the first two Halloweens, and then, you know, you get, like, quite a few sequels through the 80s and so on. And they're okay. They're just slasher, slasher gory movies and so on. But the first Halloween, I think, is as close to perfection as you can get with a horror film because it's not about the gore. It's not about the blood and the guts, which a lot of people seem to think horror films are about now. Like, the gorier they are, the better. But that's not necessarily scary. Seeing the monster isn't necessarily scary. It's where is where is the monster? Yeah, where is the monster? When is he? That's that's the sort of suspense and and the fear for me. And especially Um, when the monster's a little old lady who's killing everybody because of a son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was weird shit. Weird shit. (laughs) Um, Also, with Friday, not Friday the Thirteenth. Sorry, not Marion Arm Street. I think it's number three. It's got a banging soundtrack. There's Doc and do the, the tune Dream Warriors, and that's just pure 80s cheese rock, and I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Great stuff. Uh, at UTT Rob, whose partner on the UTT podcast has a Doctor Who show coming out on the 1st <laughs> of February called The Doctor Who Pod. Go and check it a follow on Twitter. Look out for new episodes in a couple of weeks. That was smooth, wasn't it? That was a good one. Um, <laughs> Rob says he is looking forward to the Babylon 5 reboot. The Prisoner and the Italian Job reboots were disappointing, iconic franchises that didn't suit the American makeover. Hawaii Five O was a decent reboot. Now, the Prisoner, I enjoyed the original Prisoner. So, but... the the Prisoner, not as in like Cell Block H. No, 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 no. The Prisoner with a big white boar chasing him. You know, I am number three. You are number six, and all that. You seen that? I, I know of it. Yeah. I've not seen either the original or the reboot. Yeah, that was quite good. Again, it's just sort of silly daft sci-fi stuff, I think. But so um the, the Italian job, uh, that's the one with Mark Wahlberg in the in the remake. Yeah, that Michael Caine in the original, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's shit. Yeah. That's absolute that was clearly made to advertise the new model of, of minis. 
rather than right. be an actual film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I can get I can get that. Um, at Total Stevo on Twitter, our good buddy Stevo, good friend of the show, there he says, not a remake, but after ten years, American Pie did the reunion film, and okay. in his opinion, it's the best of all four. Really cleverly done, and had all the characters involved from the first one. Haven't they done that about eleven of them? I don't know. Didn't they have loads of like straight to DVD ones as well? You had like American yeah, that, Pie one, two, three, and then loads of straight to DVD ones that had none yeah, that, of the original cast. That, there's no just the dad. Just I'm sure that there's just uh, Jim, okay. Jim's dad, who's literally the link in all of them. The yeah, dude with the eyebrows. Yeah, there's one I think called the Naked Mal. That's that I'm sure that's an American Pie one. Yeah, I've I didn't watch the reunion. I remember the first one being pretty funny second one was essentially a rehash of the same jokes as the third first one um then the third one did, don't don't recall watching it ever at all or any of the others mm. anytime and it's bad really considering the the sort of link that this comment makes and if you've seen the film you know what we're on about anytime one of my kids goes yeah and this one time me or my wife will jump straight in and go at bank camp <laughs> and of course, they've got no idea what we're referencing and i'm glad they've got no idea because obviously the ending to that statement is quite you know and i'm glad that my kids don't understand and i suppose now they're old enough that just to google it and we're probably setting ourselves up for a fall but at the same time <laughs> you know it makes us laugh so uh, steve-o continues the david brent movie should be banned an absolute abomination of a film a fucking disgrace okay steve-o tell us what you really think <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that film. I don't think it was as, I mean, Steve Rowe has some very staunch opinions sometimes. Um, I love how passionate he is about it, you know? Yeah. Away, um, honest, you know? It was not a good film by any stretch of the imagination, but um, it it was all right to see the kind of like continuation of that David Brent character that we only kind of really got snippets of in, in, uh, in the office. I mean, that only ran what for two seasons and a couple of Christmas specials. So mm. there was still more meat on those, uh, on the bones for that character. And he also brought a song about a town called Slough. So I mean, win, win for me. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Steve continues, they've made a couple of peep show remakes in America. Scene one, oh. again, it is so bad, as Max yeah. would say. So yeah. it's that this is a fucking bugbear of man. And yes, I'm going to get rude. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. <laughs> Remaking British comedies in an American style is it it just boils my piss mm. absolutely boils my piss they they cannot do it american comedy uh is is good if it's an american kind of concept taking a british concept and trying to americanize it it never ever works they did it with a uh, shameless didn't work luckily with that they kind of turned it away from uh the comedy and went more serious uh, afterwards in between us might be the worst thing that I've ever seen. Oh, that it was it. so bad. I've seen that, Magsy. I've seen that, and it, it was shite. It's grim. It's properly, properly grim. Uh, they did a, a pilot of uh, the the RT crowd uh, in an American style, and and the the the, the guy who plays Moss, uh, Richard Ayoade, he actually was in the show. They never did any more after that pilot episode because of how 
ridiculously grim it was. Uh, the Peep Show, um, yeah, it, it's a very British uh, yeah. style of comedy. It just does not work in America. So stop trying to take British concepts and, and Americanize them. There's one that really annoys me, The Office. People say, oh, yeah, American Office. American Office, it's amazing. It's fucking not. It's absolutely not. It's crap. It's properly, properly crap. Um, the British office was groundbreaking. The American office was was absolute hot garbage. See, now I'm going to completely agree with you whilst disagreeing with you strongly. At the exact if you say you like the American of- office, I'm, I'm going to go solo on the rest of this show. No, you're not. Don't be daft. Listen to me. <laughs> Give me out, right? Just listen to me, okay? When you said about American shows remaking English shows and it being shite... You are 100% correct. And mm-hmm. the first season and a bit of the American office is exactly that. It's an American show trying to remake the English show. And it's a struggle. It is hard work. And I it's can't not get good. past it. I cannot get right. past the first. I think I've watched maybe five, six episodes. Okay. When they go past sort of copying the English episodes in the same way they did with the American in between us, they literally just, took the scripts and redid them, didn't they? They're pretty much exactly the same. When they get past trying to copy the English episodes and it effectively becomes his own show, like you said, some American humour can be good and it becomes good because it takes a role of its own. The characters kind of develop in a different way and so on, I suppose. But yeah, the, the first part of it, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Max, but the rest of it is really, really good. I don't believe you. <laughs> All right, signed. <laughs> no, I, I, I have a, I have heard that that take before, um, and you may be right. You may absolutely be right, but I cannot get past the point of of sitting there trudging through something I, I hate with all of my fiber of my being to get to that good point. Um, so you may be right that from from my experience, though, it's a travesty and should never have ever, ever happened. Fair enough. Steve-O continues. <laughs> <laughs> the Dawn of the Dead 2000s film is excellent. John Carpenter's The Thing is excellent, albeit there's about 100 versions by now. The Hills of Eyes 2000s version is excellent. Talking about a trash, the American version of The Inbetweeners, the irony of it, when they get their own American takes, it was really good and had something there to be amazing. Unfortunately not, and was a literal word-for-word script of our show. And Again, just, just sort of going funny. along with what we were saying. Yeah, just it was just awful, wasn't it? <laughs> it just wasn't funny at all. It doesn't. Mm. It just the comedy didn't translate over in, yeah. into yeah. into US. It just really didn't work. Uh, we do have a few more to cover, Magsy. But before we get there, we should probably jump into the chat and have a little look at what people are saying well, because there's I, been a I'm, load of activity. I'm certainly getting hit. Um, and uh, from Bang Bang is saying he's not having my office opinion and he is going to come out, get out of his bath and assume walk to Padium naked. I mean, he'll be lucky I don't live in Padium, so he's got a, he'll be wasting a journey. Um, and he confirms he's actually at Temple Meads, but they won't let him on the train as he is naked. Um, but yeah, Scottish Danny agreeing that the Inbetweeners uh, remake should be made illegal. I think whoever sanctioned that should be should be should be publicly executed. Uh, bring back <laughs> bring back capital punishment for shit like that, or or at least whipping. 
at least like mm. say ten lashes with a whip. Uh, Benny uh, in the chat, hello sir, saying uh, the Red Dwarf uh, American version is also crap. Never watched that. Uh, I no, didn't realize there was one. Yeah, I didn't know. To be fair, um, Dan Griffith saying the U.S. office will probably be better by the virtue of Ricky Gervais being shit. Nope, well, I won't go along with that. Yeah, he's polarizing. I get that he's a. Um, he's kind of like Marmite in, in terms of you you have a laugh, love him or you hate him, there's no in-between. But objectively, he, he's been a genius in kind of like um, um, subverting uh, comedy genres. I think he's, he's, he's superb. Yeah, he comes across as pretentious in real life, but I think uh, his, his content really does stand up for itself. Mm, yeah, I can agree with that, mate. I can agree with that. Yeah, um, I, I Dan, like him. Sharon hates him, but I like him. Yeah, Dan uh, in um, uh, saying that the US reboot of Shameless and In Betweens were atrocious. I think the first season of the US Shameless it was pretty bad. They tried to be um, kind of like the 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 UK Shameless, but they then changed it to like almost a, a drama rather than a comedy, which worked a little bit better. But yeah, you still can't be uh, be the the original. Um, and they said he still has nightmares about the Manda oh, reboot God. with yeah. Shane Richard. I don't remember oh, this at I all. Do. I remember this. It was ropey, to say the least, mate. It was really? not a good look. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, it was I not a good look. I may have to look that up. No, I wouldn't. Okay, Trust me. Fair. Take it. Take our word. <laughs> We're trying to save you here. Don't do it. Dan um, Dan Griffin, uh, Eugene Levy was in the straight to DVD. Was yeah, that's the the eyebrows guy. In it. Um, mm-hmm. American yep. Pie Beat House is so fucking juvenile that even I struggle to watch it. And if if something is too juvenile for <laughs> for Dan Griffin, you know that that is very very juvenile. Um, Andy from Bang Bang saying uh, thanks for the cell cell bucket mention. Now that's one we haven't actually come up with. I don't think anyone mentioned it in in the. Uh, in the in in the the Twitter sphere, but I don't mind the new version of of Prisoner. I don't know if you've seen any of it. No, not surprised. Really? Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think I think I it's watched the new, old one. Yeah, I think it's a New Zealand uh, kind of remake of the Austra- the old Australian show. Um, okay. Yeah, it's 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 the same characters or the same character names, but it's brought into like a, a modern prison setting. Yeah, I, I thought that that was a, a pretty good remake. The 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 vinegar tits, um, what, what was she called? Veronica, Veronica, the the warden who's like the the evil one. The the actress they got to play her spot on really right. kind of drills on how how evil she was. Um, Scottish Danny wants to know when uh, the Doctor Who podcast is uh, coming out. Uh, it's funny you should ask. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Asks, uh, yeah. Is there one coming out? There is the Doctor Who pod, and that's exactly as it sounds on Twitter at the D R W H O pod on Twitter. The Doctor Who pod, the first of February. It's a Tuesday. Mark it down in your diaries. Uh, it will be starting then, and you can all enjoy our time traveling loveliness. So. And they're saying remaking the in between us. That's a paddling. That's a paddling. <laughs> that, that, that's absolutely pop, man. Benny Mac, uh, not a, a fan of Gervais, but Extras was funny and Afterlife has been amazing. Yeah, and Derek. I think Derek is a, a really yeah, clever, that, yeah. a clever show. Um, Matt Willis giving you some grief. Uh, yeah, welcome back from your holiday, Matt. I had the the pleasure 
of chatting with him yesterday for for uh, the volley. Uh, he's saying Roper coming from a Victor Lindelof fan. I'm not quite think, sure what that comment means. I think it means mean. you. Think yeah, it yeah, means you. yeah. I mean, obviously, my dislike of Victor Lindelof in recent years has been, I suppose, well broadcast by myself. Um, <laughs> but Ropey coming from a Victor Lindelof fan, I don't, I don't quite understand. First of all, I'm not a Victor Lindelof fan, and secondly, me calling this show Ropey, how would that go alongside me thinking Lindelof's not very good? I don't get it, Matt. I don't get it. Back to the drawing board with that one, pal. I'm sure he'll 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 explain it. And then Andy, uh, with three comments in a row, just me and you. And she was called Vera Bennett. That's the one, Vera Bennett. Uh, and we should actually do a Cell Block H pod mags. And I think I've mentioned it on the show. Uh, my wife is a, a massive fan of the original um Cell Block H. And and one year I wanted to get her uh, the box set of all the all the DVDs. And you can only get it from Australia, and it's absolutely ridiculously expensive. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't get it, and she, uh, she still doesn't speak to me now. Well, perhaps you, Andy, and your wife could sort of split the cost three ways, ship it I over mean, here for your podcast. That makes sense. But knowing our luck, we would do that, and then they'd become available on on any streaming service, like pretty much yeah. like someone did with Quantum Leap or on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Oh, I got yeah. an update on that, mate. I got an update on that. Right, it's finished on the Sci-Fi Channel now. So I've recorded all of it on the box to save you having to dick around and get the, the get the DVDs in and out and so on. The last three episodes, for whatever reason, didn't record. So I need the DVDs after all. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Justification. Yeah, I win. <laughs> Screw you, Sci-Fi Channel. Um, <laughs> back to Twitter then. Our good friend Connor at Connor Knows Stuff. First episode of Connor's new podcast came out uh, this week, Maxie, wasn't it? The trail end of last week, yeah. covering the first episode of the TV show Ozark on Netflix. First of all, if you've not seen Ozark. Have a look. It's a great show. Danny's Another review. show that I've been recommended loads and yep. loads of times and just have... Is it into it like it's fifth season now or something like that? Um, the, the new season is the fourth, I think. Mm. And that yeah. starts at the end of the month and that's going to be the last one. So now's probably a good time to get into it, really, because you can okay. catch up and... Yeah, very good show. Good show, mate. Very good show. You enjoyed Breaking Bad, didn't you? I did. You'll enjoy this. Yeah, Breaking Bad was a, a show that I kind of like Game of Thrones, where I, I I cottoned onto it just as the last season was about to start. So I had I'd binge watched to catch up and and then got into the last season. So it's kind of it almost seems fitting that I get into Ozark right now, so I can I can binge watch that. Yeah, but and yeah, and and Connor's uh, review of the first episode is breaking down. Ozark episode by episode <laughs> on his podcast, and it's a solo podcast as well, which I think is incredibly brave. It's something I've done a couple of times, and yeah, I, and I wouldn't necessarily want to do on a regular basis. And I, I enjoyed it; it was a good take on the show. So, yeah, as well, worth checking yeah. out. Um, and before we go on to his uh, his um, um, his pick, his his comment, uh, we mentioned him uh, last week on on the show about how uh, he was getting a little bit um, frustrated with. Uh, with creating and, and 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 maybe kind of like talking out into the ether and, and not uh, getting much response, uh, and we obviously said stick at it, just keep going, keep going, and and the viewers will follow on. Uh, Steve or he uh, on on uh, Elite FPL echoed 
our exact sentiments. So you can go back and check on on their archive on on YouTube. Yeah, he said pretty much the same thing to to stick at it, Connor, uh, because sometimes you may feel you're talking out into the ether, but it only takes that one person to to listen along. It's it's never about having thousands of people in your in your chat. It's about having that one person who you can connect with and and, and have fun with. So yeah, just stick at it. Don't uh, don't get disheartened because the the viewers and the listeners will come. Mm. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree, and we're we're going to stick at it in the hope that one day we get that one person we can come with. <laughs> <laughs> because none of these douchebags in the no. chat, we don't give a we don't give a damn about them. We're only joking. We love you, really. Um, we love each and every one of you. Connor says, Benny. except yeah, Benny's hard work. Connor says, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2021's reboot movie was one of the best movies I watched last year. This movie was a hit for me and being the first movie success for the franchise since the 1999 movie. And then he cracks himself, 95, not 99. I've, I saw the, I saw a Mortal Kombat movie and it had, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. I think it's Raiden is the character. Christopher Lambert. That's the one. Christopher Lambert had him playing Raiden. Um, mm. And I didn't really enjoy it that much. Well, then I don't know what to tell you. You're incredibly wrong. Um, that film is amazing. Uh, the, the 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 sequel, Annihilation, uh, gets a lot of grief. I, I really enjoy it. it. For me, Mortal Kombat, you have to just turn your brain off. It's, right, it's okay. not it's not going to be a technically uh, weaving and frolling story. It's just just brain switched off. Just fun garbage i loved the the second film i loved the 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 teaser i think it was michael j white who was a uh, was a, a teaser for um the a, a new series on 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 youtube they did a, a kind of a, a miniature series ab- about uh, the relationship between scorpion and sub-zero on youtube i think that was machinima did that uh, that was was fun this new film was fun yeah everything mortal kombat i think it's amazing yeah, okay. Did you see the Street Fighter film with John John Claude Van Damme in it? Yeah, that's horrific. Yeah, that, that is shite, isn't it? That, it's always the, worth the, when it, when it's on. It's always worth flicking over every now and again just to see if you catch a Kylie Minogue scene. But aside from that, it is garbage. Yeah, the the only saving grace for that is Raul Julia as a uh, Basson. And he's like, for you, this was the worst day of your life. For me, (laughs) it was a Tuesday. (laughs) Hey, everybody, it's Sai. Just want to jump in quickly here on the podcast audio version of Chain Wrestling Live. Because whilst I was editing, I know, hang on a sec, first of all, yes, we do edit what you hear if you're listening to the podcast version is an improved version of the live version i guess as amazing as that may sound because even the audio podcast version we sound like a pair of muppets who don't know what we're doing but it is what it is i just want to jump in here and quickly say that we were plugging connor's show we're saying go and check it out um, Connor's review of the first episode of Ozark and he's also mentioned in the chat on the live show Monday night that his second episode is coming up very soon this week with regards to reviewing the second episode of the amazing Netflix show Ozark and he's also got a bonus show reviewing a, a movie that apparently we're all going to enjoy now 
one thing Magsy and I didn't do was actually tell you where to find Connor's content. So first of all, Connor, apologies, my friend. Hugely sorry, but I'm going to rectify that right now. If you have Twitter, it's the easiest way to find Connor's show and Connor's content. And you literally just search Connor at Connor Knows Stuff. And I'll spell that out for you because it's a little bit different to what you might expect. At K-O-N-O-R Knows Stuff. So quite simply, at K-O-N-O-R Knows Stuff. At Connor Knows Stuff. And that's where you'll find links to Connor's content, Connor's shows, and so on. You can also search Connor Knows Stuff using the same spelling, K-O-N-O-R Knows Stuff, on Spotify and other uh, podcast apps. But the easiest way of finding his content, his shows, his Ozark reviews, and everything else is probably to search him on the social medias, Twitter being the main one, at Connor Knows Stuff, and you'll find his content there. Okay, thank you so, so much, as always, for taking the time to listen in on the live podcast version of Chain Wrestling. Thank you so, so much for getting involved in anything you, you vote on, retweet, the non-wrestling topics, etc., etc. Uh, as always, me and Magsy appreciate the CWF so, so much, and that's why we're doing things like this now. Plugging Steve-O's content the other week, plugging Connor's content this week, we're all in this together. No one's, no one's above anyone else. Everyone is fantastic. Everyone is awesome. It's such a nice little side section, side bubble of the wrestling community that we've built together. So it's awesome that the CWF can support itself left, right, and centre. So check out Steve-O's stuff, as we mentioned on a previous episode. Check out Connor's stuff, uh, and you know these guys are doing the best they can to try and record things and give you content that can potentially entertain you and nobody's getting freaking paid so let's give it a listen let's give it a go let's give it some support let's check all these people's all these people sorry without put my teeth in all these people a follow okay as always thank you so so much for listening and now we'll get back to the I suppose regular scheduled programming of your Chain Wrestling Live podcast stroke audio version. Thank you so, so much for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, there we go. Mill Chris on Twitter, at Mill Chris one he says he'd like to see a reboot of Quicker Than the Human Eye, Hong Kong Fooey. Can't beat a mild mannered janitor. Yeah, I get that, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> now, Hong Kong Fury, was that the. It was a dog. Yes, that's what I. Yeah. It was a janitor. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. That was funny. I mean, I don't know if I'm that interested in a reboot. Sorry. Sorry, uh, Millwall Chris, but we like what we like, I suppose. That's it, mate. That's it. Uh, another from Steve O here for programs he would potentially like to see getting redone. He says, apparently, the bill is being redone. That would be massive for him. Mm. Yeah, he's a massive, massive, massive fan, isn't he? 
Yeah, I think there's a there's like a, a couple of years where he didn't like it. Like I think 2006, he said uh, he wasn't a fan. But yeah, he's a, a huge Bill fan. That's actually how I got to uh, first chatting with, with uh, Steve on, on Twitter. Uh, he mentioned the Bill, and I replied with a with a Bill gif. Yeah, and we uh, we ended up um, chatting away. Yeah, and he's, he's now become a, a valued member of uh, of the CWF family and, and wrestling Twitter as a whole. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And he also suggests Steven Spielberg's Tintin movie. True to the comics, would love to see another. I've not I seen don't it. think I've seen it. No. I remember the com- the the comics and the cartoons, but I don't, mm. I've never seen the film. When it comes to the cartoons and comics and stuff, and they do like a, a sort of real-life movie or real-life TV show of it or something, sometimes it's a bit creepy, isn't it, when the actors are like done up like that person, <laughs> like when Robin Williams was Popeye, you know? <laughs> like a human he's a real human boy yeah. it's a yeah. bit weird isn't it yeah it is yeah if it's a cartoon it's it's better staying as a cartoon yeah i don't yeah, like I real, real life stuff or, or when they take a, a 2d cartoon and and try and 3d it that mm. i always think that's creepy i think they they did a rugrats 3d version uh not too long ago and it's 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 very yeah eerie very eerie yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Uh, Matt Willis via WhatsApp. He sends in here. This week's non-wrestling topic in terms of reboots. There's been so many good and bad ones. I won't touch those because I'm sure the errors have been or will be mentioned by the rest of the CWF. I personally would love to see a classic show rebooted. Funhouse. I want it still hosted by Pat Sharp and the twins, Melanie and Martina. I want the Funhouse Grand Prix with the go-karts and, of course, the equally terrible 90s kids' show prizes. Bad move. You reckon? Leave that. There's there's only one 90s TV show that needs a full-on reboot, and that's Nightmare. Everything oh, else can, yeah. Can can piss off i mean me, me and the wife i watched on on youtube an episode of fun house uh, a few months ago um and it it doesn't stand up no it doesn't stand up whatsoever so that's a bad take uh matt sorry I, I, the go-karting bit the, the racing bit at the end i as a kid i was always like oh man i really want to have a go at that i really want to have a go at that and i've literally got a karting center probably i reckon 10 minutes down the road from me Never been. And you've never been. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> never been. Um, if it is hosted, if they do reboot it and it is hosted by Pat Sharp, he has to grow the mullet back. That's the rule. Yeah, short haired Pat Sharp. I, I, I can't bear to look at him. He's on a lot of the kind of like uh, music shows that uh, that me and the wife sometimes watch over the, like, the weekend. And it, it cringes me with short hair because he's still got the top bit that looks like it should be a mullet but with nothing at the back and it's it's like half of a mullet. It's weird. It's weird. And Matt also messaged a short message afterwards saying, failing that reboot AEW as a WWE wannabe product. Oh, wait. (sighs) Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, let's, let's just let's just move on, shall we? Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Magsy, anything that's not been mentioned that stands out to you? Good reboots, yeah, well, bad reboots, whatever. Uh, hmm. 
we've, we've, we've covered uh, a lot of ground. So, but one thing that we haven't really covered is is video games. That that okay, tends yeah. to be that tends to be a, an area that where stuff is rebooted or remastered quite a lot. Um, there's uh, the Final Fantasy VII. I don't know if you've ever played that. We've you've been stuck in you know a town warp of two thousand one for your for your football manager. Uh, but <laughs> I've not Final, played it, but I am aware of it. Yeah. So Final Fantasy VII remake, outstanding looks outstanding um there was a recent remaster of the the original 3d ground theft auto trilogies um a lot of people hate it uh because it's uh, a little bit glitchy a little bit buggy but i i absolutely adore adore it it was a really good fun kind of like taking you back to uh the the old school um but yeah uh other than that um i, I don't mind some remakes it's just when they're being remade just to make money, that's when it annoys me. Um, mm. When it's a passion project, when somebody really enjoyed the original and wants to kind of like pay homage to it, that I I, I, I don't mind. Yeah, no, it makes sense, mate. It makes sense. I mean, for me, the Ghostbusters remake with the ladies playing the role of the Ghostbusters. I've, I've never watched it. Never watched. I can't it. bring myself to because Ghostbusters was the first film I ever really fell in love with. I, I'd, I'd hate I'd hate to see it because and it should be different and stuff because I fear change as we all know <laughs> and I'm 100% behind you with the nightmare one mate that is yeah. that, oh, it's been, Games Master has been redone that's getting a lot of love in the chat as well as the nightmare reboot um, yeah I saw it's uh, Trevor McDonald is the yeah. Games Master guy isn't it um, yeah I've not seen any Um uh, I don't know how I'd feel about it not being Patrick Moore and Dominic Diamond, but uh, mm. I'll I'll give it a go. I caught like ten minutes of it, and it seemed okay. But there's a lot of um, I, I, the, the bit that I saw anyway. There's a lot of professional gamers involved in it, oh. as opposed to just like the average person. And again, it's I've like seen the, the punter off the street. Yeah, again, I've seen ten minutes. So I may be way off here, but it did mm-hmm. like both challenges I saw involved a professional gamer, as they call themselves. No, so, I don't know if I'll be interested then. Mm. And the challenge the one guy had was he was um, playing FIFA, and he they were playing against against AC Milan, and they started at halftime three 0 down and down to ten men, and he had to try and win the game, and he absolutely sucked and got nowhere near it. Which made me chuckle a little uh, bit. And he's, and he's a professional. Yes. Yes. So there we go. There we go. Magsy coughing his guts up again. I thought you said you were better, mate. Are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah, just a tickly throat. So tickly yeah, I'll, be, throat. I'll be okay. Fair it's enough, the Rona. The Rona. <laughs> uh, okay, no, then. Well, that concludes our non wrestling topic for this week. Thank you so, so much to everybody who mm-hmm. reached out on. Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, everywhere else at chain underscore wrestling. There, this show does not happen without you, and you've made it again absolutely fantastic discussion by joining us this evening and messaging in on Twitter. It's always so, so, so appreciated. Uh, yeah, some great picks as well. Um, yeah, brilliant, and a lot of passion. I think that's what really kind of uh, um, the the takeaway I've got from this week is how passionate people were about mm. reboots and remakes. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's it's toying with your kid, ch- your childhood memories, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's messing with your yeah. childhood memories. So yeah. it's a big difference, big big thing. Um, 
unless we've got anything else you want to touch on, Mike. So if there's anything in the chat, we can move on to a bit of wrestling. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do some wrestling. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> oh, I, see, I love that. <laughs> see, when people, when, when, when any of these little videos play, but some people may not be aware, whenever these little videos play, we disappear from the screen, obviously. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast version, you won't be aware, but we disappear from the screen. And there's like a little video that plays to go along with these jingles and sign bites and so on that, that Magsy does so well and, and Benny's where it's on for us and, and so on. But I could still see Mags in a tiny little screen in the corner. So when that happened then, Magsy's there going, ready to rumble, wobbling his head all over the place in the bottom screen. And of course, then I come back on screen on the show laughing like a madman <laughs> and no one knows why <laughs> well now you do that's a yeah. little peek backstage a little look behind the curtain there we go mm-hmm. a little look to how how the special effects are ran you know and a show that's also going to look at how special effects are done would be the brand new the doctor who pod out on tuesday the first of february check it out everybody I'm going to keep segueing to that the whole time until we go off air, Max, all right? <laughs> I mean, you did really well at the beginning. It did segues work. Now it feels like you're strong-arming it. Oh, strong-arming it, totally. <laughs> totally strong-arming it. I'm not, they're not even going to be subtle in the slightest. They're going to be crash, bang, wallop. Just like the times when the TARDIS falls to Earth in a ball of fire. Crash, bang, wallop. And that might be covered on Tuesday the 1st of February in the Doctor Who podcast coming via Radio Techers. Ah, that was another good one. What really tickles me about it, though, is that you've got a second season of uh, of The Waiting Room coming out, and you've not yes. mentioned that one time. Uh, Paul Benny in the chat, waiting for you to to, to push his uh, his baby, and no, you haven't even mentioned it one time. So you, this is what Sar does. He gets a new toy, gets a new plaything, and then forgets about all the rest he's the vince mcmahon of podcasts. oh for goodness sake not like that at all benny's saying there fix 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 he's more upset that his option didn't win the poll i think you it know? was close though oh was it ever why my option was way off so fuck y'all um, <laughs> but, but benny's and and, uh, and Sars picks were head to head for a long long time yeah really really close and there's i think it was only like I mean, 40 odd people voted i think it came down to like two votes in the end or mm-hmm. something yeah, like that was wasn't two, it yeah mm-hmm. so close and w- w- what we'll do as well ben is at one stage i guarantee magsy or i will probably link that match again at some stage we'll Be- never ever mention it again ben. no just gonna never. pretend it benny we're, ne- we're gonna pretend it never ever happened ever we're eradicating it from history like chris benoit okay <laughs> <That> match <laughs> is dead to us <laughs> your chances of hearing us covering it are gone <laughs> but what you will hear us cover is the royal rumble 1992 the wild rumble the wild i'm going to go with jonathan was then <laughs> The Royal Rumble from 1992. Uh, Yeah, that's what we're looking at now, because that won the poll this week, marginally, as we said. Um, I'm over the moon, Magsy, about this winning, because I kind of see it as as almost like a two-parter, I guess, because it was so heavily linked to our topic last week in Mm -hmm. a a lot of our interactions on Twitter and the chat here as well. Because last week's show was obviously about the 2001 Royal Rumble, and a lot of people were talking about which is the best, which is, you know, which is the best rumble of all time. And these two tend to come up 
a lot, don't they? And we said they'd probably be in our top three or top five as well. Yeah. So being able to compare this week's topic or last week's topic directly, I think is going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you can't you can't get better than a Royal Rumble as well for, mm. for me. It, it's it's the one uh, WF pay-per-view. Even, I, I probably even hold it in more esteem than WrestleMania. I absolutely adore okay. the, the Royal Rumble. I love WrestleMania, don't get me wrong. I think uh, as the years have gone, it's become more of a about the show, uh, WrestleMania mm. being like the biggest thing in wrestling than, than the actual matches. But I've always looked forward to, to the Royal Rumble because that's kind of like the the kickoff to WrestleMania season almost. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just the randomness of the Royal Rumble match. It's With wrestling, you can kind of predict who wins uh, to the most point. Uh, you can see where storylines go. But with the Rumble, it's that that um, you just don't know what's going to happen at you. You don't know what uh, what direction uh, Vincent and his writers are going in. Yeah, I, I've, I've always been a huge fan of the Rumble. Mm. Yeah, me too. I, I love it. And it's one of those that, I mean, I've told the story countless times. When I was a kid, the video shop down the road that my mom used to walk me to, and I'd always look at the wrestling section there. If I'd saw the Royal Rumble logo, I'd straight away pick that tape up. Mm-hmm. you know even if i'd seen it before or because they used to try and rotate the stock and they buy and sell stuff and whatnot I, i'd be looking for raw rumbles above wrestlemanias and so on so yeah definitely just so exciting and especially in later years when they started bringing in entrance music when people were coming to the ring i think that made a huge difference as well yeah definitely definitely yeah I mean, look, look at the edge one when he came back yeah yeah that, I mean, I know we spoke about uh, a lot of the kind of like, uh, surprise entrance, but when you hear uh, John Cena's music hit or you hear Edge's music hit after they've been away for so long, you're excited. When you hear the glass break, when Stone Cold comes yeah. out, when you hear uh, If You Smell What The Rock Is Cooking, you, you instantly, your, your hair stand on end and you know that business is about to pick up. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah, a great move putting entrance music in. Yeah, it, it is. It's brilliant. But this is a rumble before those days. This is a rumble before we have the entrance music. And I'm I'm not overly fond of it. I know it's of its time because they don't have the entrance music playing for whatever reason. Other rumbles I can enjoy, but feel it's just been that, that little thing bit has been took away slightly because you don't get the entrance music for each guy. I think with this one, it doesn't bother me. Mm, yeah, I wonder why that is. I mean, entrance music in Royal Rumbles, it's not something that I particularly am bothered about. I enjoy um, the the hearing the music with the wrestlers in the modern ones, but it doesn't bother me that there isn't any in the earlier ones. I understand why, because obviously of, uh, of um, the equipment and, and not being able to play, pump uh, 30, musics, uh, 30 different musics on, on a loop or whatever. But yeah, it, it doesn't really bother me that it's not there. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the Royal Rumble 1992 show comes from the brilliantly named Knickerbocker Arena. What a fantastic! Ev- everywhere should be called that. That's a great name. Um, I mean, and it, not everywhere. Yes, everywhere. Sod it. Everywhere. So, say you're in a taxi and you go, "Where do you want to go?" Knickerbocker Arena. Which one? All of them. Every single one of them. 
okay, Mr. Practical. Obviously, that'll throw away comment of mine. Let's analyze it and, <laughs> and completely take it apart. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> the the show was broadcast, actually, if you're listening to the podcast version that comes out on the Wednesday. If you're listening on the Wednesday, the show was broadcast 30 years ago today. It was 30 years this week, um, which is a nice little tie-in, I suppose. I didn't actually know that when I put it forward as a topic. Believe it or not, my levels of professionalism were let slip again there, Max. <laughs> we have the classic we, intro in the pay-per-view we've as well. magically done that a couple of times, though, where, yeah. we, where we've covered matches that are, have got an anniversary, and we didn't, we weren't no, aware that no that clue. was the anniversary. We've just we've absolutely winged it. Yeah, no clue. I mean, the one that we did intentionally, I suppose, that we were lucky that, again, if we put it forward, and it might not even win because people will go vote for it, but when it was like the 30th anniversary of when Hogan saved the world, mm-hmm. that, that one was quite nice. I got That made me very happy that that all tied in together. And that was a long-running joke for the first sort of God knows how many weeks of chain wrestling. So go back and check that out in the audio-only days. You know, Magsy putting his hair out because I keep suggesting WrestleMania 7 because I know it's the, shit. The way you strong-armed it into every <laughs> single week, though. You, it, you, yeah. you the tangled web. Oh, that was it, mate. That was it. Uh, something that I learned literally today that I had no clue about. And apparently, mine, this, is, this is basically my favourite Rumble uh, and the whole story going into it with the title being vacated and so on. I, I, I've seen it so many times. I didn't realise this until I looked into things today. And I may be wrong, so correct me if I am. But apparently, because of the, the the title switching back and forth between Hogan and Taker, and it being quite controversial, and that's why the belt got stripped and held up as vacant, mm-hmm. to compensate those two, Jack Tunney gave them numbers between 20 and 30 at random. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow! No, no comment. No. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know that. I don't know how I didn't know that, but I read it today, and I was like, "Whoa!" That was yes. how have I not seen that? To the point where I even thought stuff. I'm not even sure if that's real. So that's why I'm asking you now. That, that's that's actually real then. Yeah, that's a that was what uh, a stipulation. That's why they were both in in the last ten. Oh, okay. Well, you learn something every day, don't you? Every day it's, only took, it's only took you 30, 30 of years. the Queen's years <laughs> to, to know that one fact. Oh, there we go. Watching back on the network, there's a couple of things I noticed as well. You get a very relatively calm Hulk Hogan interview, especially done for Coliseum Video with Lord Alfred Hayes. Now, we've covered this on uh, That Night is Wrestling podcast, renamed okay. to a to our, our primetime conversations. And I, I actually found that that interview with Hogan, the one with Alfred Hayes, he's, it's almost threatening. He threatens to essentially beat Albert Hayes up if he doesn't leave. And then yeah. he, he he talks about tea for some reason. He tries to uh, muscle in a tea reference. Yeah, it's a, a weird room. And also, he needs to, if that's his dressing room, the scruffy... Toss pot needs to clean up because it was a tip, <laughs> an absolute tip, claws all over the shop. So Hogan yeah. is a tramp. Hogan is a tramp. There we go. There's a tagline for today's episode. I mean, he's been called a lot worse over the last couple of years, but we'll <laughs> go with tramp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, Ric Flair coming in at number three was, mm-hmm. um, well, 
Bobby Heenan initially suggested it that Flair comes in at number one. And in Heenan's book, he states that Vince changed it to number three so he could claim that idea as his own. Now, I don't know if that's a bit of sour grapes by now, Bobby Heenan, but I, I thought that it was actually Pat Patterson that, that, um, okay. that uh, said that, that Ric Flair should go Broadway and, and go from number one. Um, but yeah, now you mention it being Bobby Heenan, that actually does make sense. I do know the, the part about Vince uh, saying no, he's coming in at number three to, to claim. Uh, the glory, but I, I thought I, I I don't know where I'd read it, but I'm sure I read that Pat Patterson pitched the the one all the way through. But yeah, see Patterson, you'd imagine that to come from, wouldn't you? Because he's that mm-hmm. he was a very creative fella, very very clever guy. But apparently, it's actually in Heenan's book that he yeah. tries to claim it, and now that may not be accurate either. I don't I don't want to you know disparage Bob, the great name of Bobby Heenan, but. You know, no, you, you might, absolutely you know. might be right. It's very likely that I've uh, that I've read a totally different story and kind of amalgamated the two together. Okay, okay, potentially. Um, very quickly, the undercard that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah this uh, this was uh, the the era of one match cards and the rest is just absolute filler. I mean, yeah. we do get the interesting uh, uh, Roddy Piper and a mounted match. Uh, which is set up because Bret Hart uh, thought his contract was running out with WWF mm-hmm. and he wanted yeah. to sign with WCW, but it actually his contract had rolled over for another year, so he was stripped to the title, so he could have some like uh, time to to calm down and, and and gather his thoughts. So we got Mounty as a champion for a couple of days uh, before Papa uh, picked up that belt. Um, that was not bad, but the rest was terrible we got an lod match i mean mm, yeah and i thought i always thought they worked pop. quite well with the uh with the natural disasters mm-hmm. i always thought they had a bit of chemistry those those two teams you know yeah they did you're right yeah and on that note of bret hart as well this is 1992 bret hart is a champion in the wwf and he's actively negotiating to leave the company behind mm-hmm. vince mcmahon's back and go to wcw so just right. bear that in mind five years later okay Vince was right. All right. <laughs> Brett screwed Brett five Brett screwed years Brett. earlier. Yes. He should Vince have seen he played the long game. Vince played the long game. We'll yep. we'll keep him sweet. We'll put the title on him a few times, make him think he's comfortable, and then we'll rug pull. Yeah, exactly. Get out. <laughs> exactly. Brett had previous, he couldn't be trusted. He was going to go <laughs> if Money was right. Okay. It's as simple as that. Sean Michaels was backed into a corner. You know, here he no, Sean was a dick. I'm not even going down that road. <laughs> I, I, even I can't paint Sean Michaels as a good no. guy in any of these situations. <laughs> Speaking of Shawn Michaels, he cuts a promo of Shawn Mooney that is the most 1992 thing I think I've ever seen, where mm-hmm. he's wearing the white leather jacket with the red collar, and it's literally Shawn Michaels a week or two after the split of the Rockers. So he's yeah. he's still sure. very much mid-card, intercontinental level, just split Shawn Michaels. And I don't care how, how shitty and ridiculous it looks, I want that jacket. Okay, I mean... And I would wear it. It's cool. I suppose, but uh, yeah, that, it's interesting how many kind of like really infamous uh, moments in wrestling are surrounding this this one Royal Rumble. Yeah, because uh, obviously you've got the the stripping and the holding up of the title, uh, and then you've got the the Shawn Michaels and and Marty Jannetty split up, which was absolutely huge at the time, and mm. uh, really kind of pushed Michaels as a as a big player as a single star. So yeah, it was, it, and then you obviously you've got Ric Flair 
been in the company uh, only over like a, a few months and and um, being pushed straight to the top. Mm, yeah, definitely. I, I think 92 is a whole. There's so much that changes as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at, you, you've got, well, with, you've got four pay-per-views, you? The, the big four as they were known. In the Rumble, you've got Hogan, you've got Sid, you've got Shawn Michaels has just turned heel uh, and all this sort of stuff going on. WrestleMania comes around. Hogan looks like he's going. You know, Flair drops the belt to Savage. So there's a bit of change there as well. By the time Survivor, by the time SummerSlam and Survivor Series come around, Hogan's gone. Mm-hmm. Sid's gone. The Warrior's back. But then the Warrior's gone again. <laughs> so then by the time you hit Survivor Series, Flair is not long for this, this New York world. He's leaving a few months later. You've lost Hogan. You've lost. <laughs> you've lost Sid. You, you've lost all these. The Warriors gone and so on. And you've basically got a world champion of Bret Hart wrestling Shawn Michaels, who's only been in singles less than a year. Mm-hmm. And you can sort of see where the company's really sort of trying to find its identity. I think going into '93 and then and then '94, where ultimately Bret was crowned at WrestleMania 10. And I think it really took off. Yeah, and then did a huge dip in 1996, where we started in. Mm-hmm. Uh, a change in attitude. Luckily, we're getting to 1997 now, where things are going to take off pretty soon, and we're getting to that hot attitude era uh, uh, period of, uh, of of WWF. But yeah, there was a from from this like 1992, where it was arguably some of the best wrestling in the one company to to transfer a year later. Yeah, it's a it's almost night and day how the the company yeah. uh, company stands. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, before the Rumble actually starts, we get the standard kind of, uh, I suppose, it's almost like the old promos they used to cut back in the territory days of guys they, talking. They about should it. bring this this stuff back. This yeah, just literally no, no one holding a microphone for them, just them talking to the camera. I'm going to win the Royal Rumble because blah de blah de blah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because I think and, you get Macho Man, he's uh, got the feud with uh, uh, Jerk the Snake. So yep. he said he's got two things that are going to happen. I'm going to uh, get my hands on, on the Snake Man and I'm going to leave with the WWF title. Dig it. Yeah. Because yeah. those little <laughs> promos are amazing. And then Repo Man, the best wrestler that's ever graced the history of the world, saying that he's going to steal from 29 other guys. And uh, yeah, I just, I just love all this shit. And uh, Bulldog is saying he's I won a, a rumble in the hallowed halls of the great Albert Halls. So <laughs> it's gonna be a royal rumble. Yeah, yeah. So nice try, good. nice try, Davy. Not quite, not quite on the mark, <laughs> but you know, yeah, at least you're there. Um, <laughs> he puts in a shift. To be fair, yeah, um, he does. But we will get to that. He does. And with regards to those interviews, you look at say Savage, uh, and and you look at Sid is one that really stood out because the, the close up of his face right at the very beginning. Obviously, Flair is usually the usual crazy, ranty Ric Flair, and Hogan is shitey Hogan. All, all I can really think about whenever I see those interviews is, man, cocaine is one hell of a drug, isn't it? Let's be fair. You know, you see those guys. <laughs> and the annoying Hogan that stood at the side, not even looking at the camera, that it pisses me off. Yeah, you've got huge arms, Hulk. The orange, we get it. You're a mm. muscly chap. 
And do you know something, Hulkamaniacs? We get the chance to prove something that no one else in this rumble can prove. How I will call people names, and yes, and I'll I'll be the hero, and soon I'll be pissing off to another company, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do it better than Brett. I'll never find out I'm talking to WCW. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Rumble itself starts with uh, DBRC and the Bulldog as one Uh, and two. Shall we not just roll that back, sir? Okay. You're missing out that no good Jack Tunney. Oh yes. So, so you, with a rumble, you tend to get uh, the the announcer. This is the the legendary uh, Fink. He he goes over the rules. Then Jack Tunney comes in holding the belt, um, fluffs his uh, is what he's got to say straight away, uh, and then uh, essentially uh, hopes that the the best man could win. But the the fact they've gone from Hogan calling him a no good. Jack Tony, who's screwed with the Hulkamaniacs, to then Jack Tony being in the ring saying, May the best man win. Yeah, I just thought that was comedy yeah. genius. Yeah, it's you it always, it always felt whenever Jack Tony was on screen, something really important was going to happen. No, you didn't. But then, no, you only turned up on like superstars or something like that or primetime wrestling when there was something important to happen. He he stole a living as as the president. He was bad at making decisions. Well, he stole a lot more than that. But there we go. That's a story. For, <laughs> that's a story for another day. Look it up, kids. He was a naughty boy, and that's why he got sacked. Um, <laughs> DiBiase's out very very early, isn't he? And mm-hmm. I think he ends. I think DiBiase ends up actually being the only person in this rumble that Ric Flair doesn't share the ring with from one to thirty. Yeah, they they essentially shoulder barge each other on the way past, mm. or Flair walks past their DiBiase and, and kind of gives him a little nudge. Uh, but yeah, this um, this this kind of early um, uh, elimination from DiBiase is actually quite shocking because yeah. he was a big star, a huge star at the time. Uh, and obviously, Bulldog was a uh, was uh, on his way to being a big star. So for Bulldog to eliminate uh, DBS in in just over a minute and, and have the the time to to harp up the crowd before Flair even gets there, that was a, a shocking way to to start uh, a Royal Rumble. Yeah, didn't, you yeah. wouldn't have expected. Yeah, and DBS as well. He he has got a track record of going long times in Royal Rumbles, hasn't mm-hmm. he? I, 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 one of the ones in the eighties, he he told. I mean, there's a 40-minute run, 50 minutes, something like that. He's got a record of going long. So, you know, it is quite a surprise. But then, of course, here comes Slick Rick at number three. And Bobby Heenan's reaction here. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my goodness. Bobby's brilliant on commentary at the, be- uh, at the best of times, but his bias towards Ric Flair in this show is it's unparalleled it's so damn good yeah he's fuming that rick flair is number three i mean all the way through the show he's, he's saying to uh to gorilla oh i'm just gonna go backstage and find rick flair and gorilla's like you're fucking staying here bobby yeah you've got a you've job, got a job to, do. to do mate <laughs> <laughs> oh so good man so good heenan <laughs> heenan's fantastic as you said but i mean this is this to me is this raw rumble it is a story of two things it is a story of Bobby Heenan's commentary and Ric Flair's performance. Those are the two. Obviously, we'll get to the end of the, of the match shortly with, with the heel turn with Sid and all this sort of stuff. But that to me, the two, the two dominating points of excellence for this show that Heenan is as, as good on commentary as Flair is as good in the ring for me. Yeah, 
I, I totally agree. And uh, I, I mean, the 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 chemistry between Gorilla and Heenan has been um, arguably the best that you'll you'll ever hear in wrestling. Mm. Uh, and the way um, Gorilla is, is just digging at Heenan like, with the, the things like saying nobody who is who has been in the first five has ever won the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I mean, they'd only <laughs> been four Royal Rumbles before yeah. this. It's not like they, this is decades and decades old. But just those kind of little uh, digs at, at, at Heenan just just make the show ten times better. I mean, if you watch this without listening to the commentary, you. You're you're essentially missing out on half of the half of the, the the event because those two uh, on commentary are just so so good and really add to to the the harp of the the Royal Rumble. Yeah, yeah, totally. It just at Heenan just oh, he makes it just all the way through. I mean, literally just this moment when Flair comes out and you and you see the he just no no damn it <laughs> and 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 um. It, one of the lines he says, and it's it's so good. He goes, "I'm I'll, I'll apologize to the people. I don't think I can be objective." And Gorilla <laughs> fires back saying, "When have you ever been objective?" Yeah, it's just so damn good. It is excellent. Uh, I mean, I'm a couple of the people that stand out to me in this rumble, um, the Repo Man. I know you're a big fan of of Barry Darso, Magsy, but he goes from playing Demolition Smash. And I suppose it shows how talented the guy is. He goes from playing Demolition Smash to the Repo Man. But then you see the Repo Man. He does this whole shuffling around, sneaky, yeah, creeping creepy. up. Yeah. And it's so different to Demolition, who are very much stand their ground in your face and so on. Mm-hmm. I hated the Repo Man when I was a well, kid. And um, I don't think we can be friends anymore. <laughs> no, hear me out. Hear me out. I hated the Repo Man as a kid. But now I'm older, I realise, obviously, I'm supposed to hate the Repo Man. And the fact that he does such a good job in making me despise this character, I think shows how great this guy was. Yeah, I've, I've just always had um, um, a love for him. Just the, the wrestler himself, Barry Darso, I think mm. uh, he's incredibly underrated. Incredibly underrated. I mean, saddled with the, the, the awful kind of uh, Max, uh, Mad Max-style gimmick of demolition but yet was able to make it work. Oh, look at him. Repo Man is absolutely boring to, to say. Um, but yeah, then getting the Repo Man, which shouldn't work. It just shouldn't work no. as a character. But he makes it work. Like you said, he, he totally changes his, his whole kind of stance, his whole kind of wrestling style. Um, yeah, the, the guy is is superb. I think he's uh, so, so underrated. And even in this match, with a Royal Rumble, it, it tends to be very simplistic. Mm-hmm. Wrestlers do punches, kicks, clotheslines, chops. You don't really go too overboard. He is in for for the few minutes he's in. He's in character all the time. You see him sneaking around the ring. You see him avoiding getting. And that's what I people. love. That's what I love now. As as, as a grown up, I love that. And and he actually gets a couple of eliminations. Um, and it's all because of how sneaky he is. Yeah. He waits for people to to uh, be uh, prone to being thrown over, and he's and he runs over and, and eliminates them. It's it's great character work. Mm. Yeah, it is. Should, it is. He should have won for me. Should have won this rumble. I, I, we I, would look I'm more sure favorably on the ninety-two row rumble if it led to uh, WF champion Repo Man. To be the Repo Man, you have to beat. <laughs> The repo map. Oh my it works. goodness! Works on every level. 
he could even steal one of Flair's robes, can't he? Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had his that? own robe. He had his own robe with tires on as as, as shoulder plates. Repo Man uh, wrote in uh, license plates on the back. He didn't need it to steal a robe. That wasn't that wasn't a robe. That was more of a Mac, wasn't it? That was more of a. <laughs> it was a flasher Mac. It was yeah, definitely a flasher that, Mac. Yeah, that's that's the you know the story I told when I saw Barb Wire in the cinema and that dude walked in and sat at the back where you know and we all knew what he was up to. It was that kind of coat. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you saying that the Lord and Savior Barry Darso fiddled with himself whilst watching Pamela Anderson? Mate, Pamela Anderson in the mid nineties. No judgment coming from me. You do what you need to do, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Barry. Uh, the 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 thoughts of sad do not reflect the thoughts of chair wrestling. Oh dear me! Uh, Texas Tornado as well in the Rumble. Uh, now, obviously, he wasn't there much longer. I don't think he must. I think he was done by WrestleMania, maybe. But I didn't even realize he was still around. At this stage, I thought because he died in what was it early '93, I believe. Yeah, so it's, um, not- it's a sad laugh. I mean, he as a as a, a kid of this age, uh, he was always a favourite. He was mm. massively, massively loved. But it's only when you gr- when you grow up and you realise just how tormented that whole family was. Not even just yeah. Kerry. The whole uh, it's almost like the Von Erichs were were cursed. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was sad, and and it just goes to show that the real people behind behind these characters, they we hold them up on on kind of pedestals and think that they they're superheroes when they have the same issues that every normal person has, and obviously he dealt with a lot of a lot of issues, and it was only a few years um, after that I actually found out that he wrestled with like half of foot, half yes. of his foot was chopped off, and he was still able to. I mean, the things he could do with half of a foot missing is just shocking, mm. absolutely shocking. I mean, that was one of the things that I suppose contributed to his his drug use, I guess, because he was addicted to painkillers. It, it was a big cocktail of drugs that was surrounding, that Kerry Von Eric had issues with, wasn't he? There was cocaine yeah. problems, painkiller problems, sleeping pills then were involved as well. And that's always one that you tend to find is always linked with wrestler deaths. But, I mean, this wasn't a, 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 an, an intentional or unintentional overdose like so many of the guys on, on Somers and whatever end up having. He um, he was, you know, he shot himself in the chest. He literally mm-hmm. got in the car because he was, he was in trouble for, uh, basically, he was going to go to prison. Mm-hmm. He was going to end up being sent to prison for, I think, driving just off his rocker, I believe, with was the charge, foot. wasn't it? Yeah, with one foot. Well, yeah, that he'd already lost in a motorbike crash, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely off his tree, got caught driving, in a state and was going to prison because it weren't the first time that this was happening and he was already suffering various issues because of his drug addiction and so on mm-hmm. so he took himself off to the woods and shot himself in the chest it's just horrific and he was i believe he was 33 magazine is that correct yeah and um he he was somebody who you could see as a world champion Mm-hmm. Yep. in WF and, and you now knowing knowing his, his his backstory you can now understand why that title was never put on him I think it was a couple of times he was Intercontinental Champion um, but you can see why he never made that that step up to being a mm. world champion because you couldn't trust him 
to be a champion, uh, the face of the company, much like um, how Scott Hall was treated, that uh, his his demons were so prevalent that you couldn't have him as the face of the company because it's more than likely that he would have a relapse and, and mm. something would happen. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a damn shame. And like, and like uh, Dan says uh, in the chat, the whole of that that family is their their history is, is tragic. What was the like seven brothers and six of them have, have ended up committing uh, suicide? There's only one uh, Kevin who's who's mm. still around now. And and I remember reading um, uh, an interview with him, and he said he contemplates suicide all the time. It's just. It's just a, a like I said. A, it feels like the family is cursed, absolutely yeah. cursed, and uh, yeah, it's a, a damn shame. I, I don't think all of them were suicides. Really, there was a couple that wasn't. I mean, David, one the older, um, the one who died in Japan, he choked on somebody eating there, I believe, which actually did lead okay. to Kerry Von Erich winning the NWA World Title from Ric Flair because David Von Erich was scheduled to be, win the World Championship back in the old territory days, Jim Crockett promotions and, and world-class wrestling in Texas and so on. When he passed away, they built the belt on Kerry. Okay. And again, maybe because he didn't have a reign for very long and, and Flair won it back relatively quickly. So maybe he had issues not turning up for bookings there. I think I read that somewhere that he missed a couple mm-hmm. of bookings as champion as well. So I think you're spot on Magsy with their, their sort of dependency issues affecting their reliability, I guess. Sad way to go, man. Sad way to go. Anyway, 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 back to 92. I mean, I suppose, barring the, the, the situation with Randy Savage and Jake Roberts, where Jake's in the ring and he keeps looking over his shoulder a little bit, doesn't he, to see, see if Randy Savage is going to come get him. Eventually, Savage does come get in and they're brawling away. Savage eliminates himself like an absolute plum. <laughs> But he, he ends up being allowed back in because uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, Gorilla explains it, uh, saying that you can't eliminate yourself. You have to be eliminated. But um, I actually enjoyed the way um, Jay the Snake entered the Royal Rumble. He saw that, uh, that uh, Roddy and, um, and, and Rick were, were going at it and just sat in the corner said, yep. you, know, you two's crack on. You two crack on. Waited for his uh, his opportunity when both of them weren't looking and, and led into Roddy Piper. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, there's some really good storytelling in, in this Royal Rumble. The, uh, the stuff with um, Shawn Michaels and Bulldog, uh, that's that's a, a little bit of a, a running theme. The stuff with uh, Flair and Shawn Michaels, almost like the younger version of Ric Flair. Uh, I think he, he comes in and he hits uh, Ric Flair with a what they called then a crescent kick at the time, but obviously we now not know it as switching music. Mm-hmm. There's some, some really cool kind of like inter interweave stories going on. Uh, but what, what tickles me is every time a heel comes in, Bobby is, is wanting that heel to team with flair. And when they do, he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And when they turn on him, he's always, this is not fair to flair. This is absolutely not fair to flair. And then there's a, a part where Roddy Piper actually sticks up for Flair and Heenan's like, I take back every bad thing I've ever said about Roddy Piper. He's a, he's a classy guy and it's a kilt, not a skirt. <laughs> Roddy turns on Flair and he goes, that skirt-wearing freak. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's amazing. He is amazing. so quick and sharp. And, and you, know he's, I mean, you know he's not rehearsed these sort of things and he's not trying to... He's not got lines he wants. He thinks are funny that he's trying to force into the commentary like Jerry Lawler does. This is yeah. just a guy at the top of his game, incredibly talented, incredibly quick-witted, just able to just fire this stuff off, you know? 
Yeah, and he, he does it with, uh, I think it's Tito Santana comes in, uh, he calls him uh, a flying jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 br- it's brilliant. It's oh. just so, so witty. He, he is absolutely fantastic. So good. I suppose before we get to the final four and, and then and then the finish, there's something I wanted to sort of comment on that really stands out to me in this Rumble that I suppose other Rumbles you don't necessarily get. The the winner, as we all know, by this stage, spoiler alert in case you haven't seen it, but it's fucking 30 years ago, uh, <laughs> Ric Flair wins from number three. Mm-hmm. Now, something that was pointed out, and I've seen this Rumble so many times, and I've always appreciated how great Flair is, and a massive Ric Flair market and, and so on. Something that was pointed out to me, and I don't even know where it was. It was an article somewhere or a podcast somewhere. Whenever a new entrant comes into this rumble, watch Ric Flair. Because apparently backstage, and again, I can't remember where I read this. And if I can find it, I'll dig it out. I'll put a link on on Twitter and so on, which we all know blatantly is not going to happen because the moment that comes out of my mouth, I've already forgotten I've said it. But it's (laughs) apparently everyone was so excited with the opportunity backstage to work with Flair. They, they saw this guy coming in as an, I mean, by 92, he'd done a lot. He, he toured the world. He was world champion multiple times. He, he wrestled sellout arenas in, in Japan and all over, all over Jim Crockett promotions and WCW and all this sort of stuff. He was, he was iconic. Loads of guys in the WWF who'd been there a while who hadn't experienced the territory days in the eighties as freely as some of the others. He, they wanted to work with flair. Mm-hmm. So, what you tend to find is when people come to the ring, uh, the, the guys who are in there for a long time, the, the sort of marathon man, I suppose they say, or, or however they word it, does tend to get a break, whether that's curled up on the floor or whether it's you know under the ropes, taking a breather, whatever. These guys, they all actively go and seek out Flair because they get to yep. work with Flair for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, two minutes, whatever. And I actually, when I read this, went back and watched the rumble again with that in mind. And I made a note, a little tally chart of how many guys who came to the ring went straight to flare, whether baby face or heel. And it was some, the exact figure off the top of my head, I can't remember, but it was something in the region of 78, 79% of the entrance mm-hmm. went straight yep. to flare. No matter so this what, isn't, they were heel or face. They yeah. Went flare. Yep. So this guy was selling for the, for people was bumping for people because obviously he's been in the rumble longer. The new guy comes in. It's always a case of they run around beating people up before somebody slows them down. They've gone straight to Flair. Every two minutes, Flair is selling and bumping with somebody new. Every how, two minutes. How what many times? Yeah. How many times did he do a backdrop in the yeah. in the show? You lose count. How many times did he do the uh, getting beat up in the corner uh, and then he walks a few steps to the middle of the ring and then face plants? Does it multiple times because he. He goes for the full, I mean, just what is it, an hour he goes um, mm. um, uh, from from bell to bell. The, he doesn't stop. He he faces every single one, and he he gives everyone who he faces their their moment in the sun. You get the 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 chop battle with uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. You get the uh, the the press slam with uh, with Bobby Heenan and, and Bulldog. You get the face off with uh, with Bossman. Where they've cleaned the the ring, and then he, uh, Flair thinks he's eliminated boss man, and he and he's behind him doing the the finger pointing. This guy gives to everybody who faces him in this match. He puts everybody over. It's it's a it's a masterclass of of wrestling. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, even, so, he even does so it for cool. even does it for IRS. I mean, IRS uh, was was always never going to be someone who, who challenges for for the big title, but always a very dependable wrestler. He even get, get gives IRS the the when the IRS is able to do the the kind of double uh, headbutt thing with uh, with Flair and Roberts. It's yeah, it's it's he's a quality quality uh wrestling match um a great performance by by rick flair yeah the guy may be a, a a douchebag in real life but in that ring he makes everybody look like a million dollars see obviously everyone knows my my preferences sure my calls and rick flair are, are it to me they're the two you know um and i love barry Windham, of course i do but he's not mm-hmm. on the same, he's not on the same level as these guys rick he flair all of lame very soon he's not he's not no chance in hell what what is is he going into the hall of lame ever um <laughs> flair at this moment on that night 30 years ago no one can touch this guy for me this is this is insane this is so good well he, he says in the, uh in his uh pre-fat kind of like um um almost promo almost where he's mm-hmm. he's lived his laugh uh, with one mantra to be the man, you've got to beat the man. In this match, 1992, he is the man. Yeah. Simple and clear as that. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And he proves that at the end with the, the, the finish of the Rumble, the, the final four. I mean, what a strong final four that is. Sid, Hogan, Savage and Flair. That's really good. What a strong Rumble in general, though. Oh, yeah, Undertaker in there and... You you look at the the star power, and usually in a rumble you get you'll get um, a couple of returns, a couple of uh, of, of people who uh, you call legends. This is quality, pretty much from from number one all the way mm. through. It's uh, it's just a, a who's who of, of wrestling in, in the early nineties. It's a, a outstanding uh, card, but yeah, that that final four are are immense. Yeah, <laughs> they're immense. I mean, <laughs> love or hate Sid Justice is never going to be the world's greatest wrestler, but he looks like what a, a prototypical wrestler should look like. He mm. looks like a superhero. Hogan, love him or hate him, he was he was WF wrestling for the longest time. Ric Flair was technically the the best wrestler uh, to lace with a pair of boots, and Randy Savage is not that far away. That's a that's a dream for. Um, yeah, so for, for 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 wrestling, it's, uh, it's just superb. And and the finish as well is quite funny because, well, to me anyway, because it's it, it's four down to one so quickly. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no sort of battle between the final two. There's no two guys battling whilst one guy rests and then he dumps them both out. So it's literally Savage goes out, Sid and Hogan and the Flair have a bit of a tangle. Hogan gets dumped out by Sid. And then, obviously, Magsy, if you want to talk us through it, Hogan, the ultimate babyface, acts like a heel piece of shit yet again. <laughs> no, no, he's not a babyface. He's absolutely this nope. is this is heel moves all the way through, uh, and especially when you go back to his his uh, his promo saying that it's um, every man for himself. He should have known that this was this was how it goes. Sid even says to him in the ring, "It's every man for himself." Big boy. Uh, big boy, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Hogan, <laughs> like the douchebag, uh, grabs Sid's arm, yanking him out, 
um, which is it's a shitty trick in the first place. But then mm. when Flair uh, does the sneak and 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 starts to throw uh, Sid out, Hogan helps him by essentially grabbing Sid by the head and, and pulling him out. So Hogan is a dickhead in this, absolutely a dickhead. And then even at the end, uh, the Royal Rumble winner should get their their time in the sun. Should be able to stand in that ring and and soak up that applause. Flair has to leave that ring pretty much straight away because Hogan must pause at the mm-hmm. end and, and have the square off with Sid. If there's one thing that, that sours this Royal Rumble from being absolutely perfect, it's the fact that it had to end with Hulk Hogan being in the middle of the ring. Listen, you yeah. orange douchebag, you orange bald-headed douchebag, you are a prick for doing that. Flair went uh, an hour, carried that match, and you, you massive, massive tosser, had to take that moment away from him. <laughs> See, <sighs> I totally agree with you, but I look on the other side of the coin as well, where as, as, that, as that was an absolute complete shitbag moment, we get some great moments from that, because we get Sid and Hogan in the ring, and if you've ever heard like the proper audio, Hogan's getting booed out of the building. Mm-hmm. Sid even points at a sign that says, Hulk sucks, mm-hmm. and people are openly cheering for Sid because they're sick of Hogan's shit. But also, because Flair's had to do a bit of a bunk, Bobby Heenan gets an opportunity to run from commentary, and we end up with Heenan, Flair, and Mr. Perfect all backstage getting presented the WWF title by the cardboard cutout that is Jack Tunney. And that incredible, incredible promo. It's, to me, I mean, Ric Flair's famous for incredible promos. Sometimes in later years, he's a bit of a ranty, shouty parody of himself. But you go back to Mid-Atlantic, you go back to Jim Crockett Promotions, you go back to the old WCW. When Flair is on point, Flair is on point. And here yes. in 1992, 30 years ago this week, Flair was on point. And he's trying to make a real sly dig here, or not so subtle or sly dig, at the NWA by saying, <laughs> this is the real world's title here. Yeah, this, this for me um, is Flair's Hard Times promo. It's okay. that. It's that uh, iconic for me. I mean, yeah, I agree with you that Flair is on the mark, on his day, is one of the very best. But you think of a Flair promo, for me, it's this promo. This is th- with a teary. I mean, we've used it for the the the, the entrance music to, to our show. Mm-hmm. It's that iconic. Um, yeah, the the way it the way he's so calm and, and kind of putting over the, the WWF um and yeah, it's just such a good promo that with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment of my life. And uh, the only way you get to uh, stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title that makes you number one. Um, then you, you obviously get uh, uh, fl- uh, perfect and healing in the background with the um we we don't like to say that we told you so, but that we told, we you, told so. you so. <laughs> and then and then to finish it off, we get me Jean bollocking somebody on the on just off camera, telling them to put that cigarette out, which is just brilliant. Yeah. And then we get the massive woos and and uh, Flair saying, "I love it." I love it. Yeah, and then saying uh, for guys like Hogan, Savage, Papa, Justice. And now it's Ric Flair. You all have to pay homage to the man. Oh my God! It's 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 tingling. It's fantastic, it's such a, isn't it? It's such a good promo. Such a good promo. So then, Magsy, 
So then, out of 10, 10. what are we thinking? Yeah? 10. 10? 10. Mm, okay. And I'll tell you what, mate, I think for only maybe the second time ever, I'm putting the trigger as well. This is a 10 for me. This is this is the best Raw Rumble they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair is, on his day, the best wrestler to ever do it. And this is exactly why. Don't just watch the Rumble as a Rumble. Next next time you re-watch this show, watch just Ric Flair. Watch what he does for everyone else in this ring. Watch how much he sells and tries to get other people over. And watch how busy he is. He doesn't get a break. And he also has the black tarts on. And when he wears black tarts, he's winning a match. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So then, Magsy. Oh, why? Both of us going for a 10. That's, that's incredible, isn't it, eh? And it, it absolutely deserves it. Uh, like you've said, this this is it's arguably the best Royal Rumble ever, and it's thirty mm. years old. Yeah, this week, and and they haven't been able to to top it. They've come damn close. Mm-hmm. They've definitely come damn close, but they for me they haven't been able to top it. But yet ten instantly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. As Dan Griffin says, with a tar diliger. 10. Ten. <laughs> uh, Matt Willis in the chat there. Sorry, Sai, what did you say? I don't quite know what that ref is referencing. If I missed something there, Matt, I do apologise. I'm really just sure noticed. he'll come back. He will come back with, with it. I'm sure he will. No worries. Um, so then, Magsy, as we're very fast approaching two hours now and time is getting on. We've done do a Ric Flair. We've yeah. gone Broadway. <laughs> Where do you want to go next week? Well, um, I think we keep the 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 Royal Rumble trainer chugging. I think it's got a, a couple of weeks uh, until the, the 2022 Royal Rumble's on, so it makes sense to, to keep going down this road. Um, and I want to go to a, a, a Rumble that maybe doesn't get as much love as it should, so I want to go to the, the 2003 Royal Rumble. Uh, that was the one that was started with uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, who were in a feud at the time. Uh, Jericho, he won a battle royal, which uh, gave him the option to choose his uh, his number. Uh, and he, because he knew Shawn Michaels was entering number one, he actually took number two, so he could face mm. off with uh, with Shawn Michaels straight away. Uh, I think Lesnar ends up winning the Rumble altogether, but yeah, I think it's a... Uh, um, one of the, the underrated Royal Rumbles. So I'm going to go for Royal Rumble 2003. Oh, that is a great shape. That is a great shape. Yeah, definitely. Um, Matt Willis there in the chat there saying, yes, apparently I said, I always forget what I'm going to put on Twitter as, uh, as soon as I say it. So literally with that, with 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 Matt Willis saying, sorry, sorry, what did you say? He's forgot and I what he's re- going to put on Twitter. And I couldn't remember. I've just basically confirmed exactly what Matt's getting at. So <laughs> you don't remember what you said you're going to put on Twitter, did you? Yeah, but we haven't got time to go back to it now because we've got to do this. <laughs> we- <laughs> In other words, I'll listen when I'm editing for the yeah. audio, and then I forget to do that as well. Exactly, exactly. Um, my choice is not a Royal Rumble magazine because you I- let the sand down every time. Uh, not every time. Why but- don't you get a Doctor Who TARDIS go back in time? and pick a Royal Rumble. Oh, well, yeah, I could do. Problem is, if I did do that, I'd just be travelling back to 1992 to watch this one, because it's the best <laughs> Rumble. 
So, but on the on the note of uh, a Doctor Who TARDIS and so on, you can hear some thoughts about Doctor Who from Dan Griffin and myself on Tuesday, the first of February, when the Doctor Who pod starts for the first episode coming out there, and then and every Tuesday for the first season, which is going to be about 13, 14 episodes, I think. So yeah, look out for that. But I want to stick with. Basically, I've been very, very inspired here by Ric Flair. The guy's performance was incredible, and he and Heenan make this a 10. So I would like to go to a Ric Flair match. I'm thinking the Ric Flair's best year in professional wrestling, as far as I'm concerned, with the few... 2010. No, not 2010, Magsy. He had some good moments in 2010, but the best year in his career, as far as I'm concerned, you know, with the feud with Funk matches with oh, all sorts of people. Let's go back to the, the WCCW days <laughs> and watch a grainy match in black and white. He didn't actually work for WCCW very often. <laughs> but we... Um, <laughs> yeah, we'd only pass through there every now and again back in the territory days when he was champion. Um, but yeah, I would like to go back to 1989. And in 89, and Millwall Chris has got it spot on in the chat there. Ding, 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 We're ding, going ding. for Flair versus Steamboat. But this is a trilogy, and this is a really famous trilogy as being possibly the best trilogy of all time until Omega Okada came along. And that's the first time it's really been challenged as the best trilogy. So... Costed, never mind. Well, yeah, but this is better, trust me. In ring, this is better. In terms of match quality, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there you go then. What, what are you on about? <laughs> But they, you have the two out of three fours match and all, and all sorts. There's so much great, great, great wrestling involved here. But I'm going to go for the Chai Town Rumble main event from 1989, Flair versus Steamboat. I feel it's a bit quicker than some of the other matches because it's not as long. So we get to see Flair and Steamboat really tear it up for a period. So that, that's my choice there, my friend. Uh, Rick Flair versus Rick Steamboat for the, the NWA World Championship, uh, the Chai Town Rumble in 1989. Great pick. Uh, so definitely tune in next week where we'll be covering the the 2003 Royal Rumble. Most likely. Because <laughs> people don't seem to want to go back. People don't realise wrestling began before 1997, do they? Everyone thinks the actually there and Steve Austin's it. Just give it a chance, people. You will love it. Okay? <laughs> when so, Barry Windham saved the world. <laughs> uh, so then, these are our options for next week's poll it will be out on the 30th anniversary of the Royal rumble 1992 on wednesday after the audio version comes out or maybe the day after depends on what i remember uh, <laughs> the options for this week's poll are uh, the 2003 Royal rumble or rick flair versus ricky steamboat from the chai time rumble in 1989 remember to vote in the poll retweet etc etc the poll is always on the show's twitter at chain underscore wrestling there i am now linking the other social medias to it so you can click on that if you see it there first i'll take you straight to the poll as well which is some high-tech clever shit so all praise me magzi do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you, your awesome shows, and so on before we depart, my friend? Yes, sir. And um, firstly, uh, thank you, everybody in the chat, everybody who voted. Um, 
this has been an amazing episode. Really enjoyed it. I know we've gone long, but thank you all for, for sticking with us. Uh, we massively, massively appreciate everything that you put into the show. Um, so, yeah, just keep it up. We, we, we absolutely adore you. But you can follow me on Twitter at Podfather Mags. Uh, in terms of content, I am all over the shop. I cover football with Radio Techers. I do MMA with Five Rounds. I'm all over the chair shop with Badlands. Um, and then obviously here with a uh, with a uh, um, chair wrestling, and then a changing attitude as well. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much everywhere in terms of content. Uh, you can find the links all over my my Twitter feed. So yeah, definitely go and check them out. Yeah, I'm bloody loving, bloody loving a change in attitude, mate. I had a big catch up over the weekend because uh, you know stuff work wise. I'm not traveling on the bus. I'm not walking anywhere. And things have changed a little bit for mm-hmm. me. So I've got behind a great deal on on many many shows I like to listen to, and a change in attitude. I basically had a binge on on the weekend. Bloody loving it. And Scottish Danny being involved is fantastic. You and Ori are great. Sadly, Tanner's got to come back soon, but never mind. We'll get over that. Well, um, he was back. He was back for this uh, this last recording that we did, and yeah, it was it was a, a, a we had so much fun recording the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, and I put a tweet out um, earlier on today, kind of a. Um, Giving a little bit of appreciation to everyone who I work with in terms of podcasts. Yeah, I'm massively, massively blessed with uh, the people who I who I get to create with the likes of you, the likes of uh, uh, Dan Griffin and, and James and, and Rob, Matt, um, Tanner, uh, Spores. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm blessed to be able to have these fun conversations with with so many people on a on a, a weekly basis. Yeah, it's uh, it's great fun. Yeah, that's great, mate. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, by the way. Thank you. Um, very quickly, before I run down where you can find me, there is no volley live tonight, as Matt, as Matt Lewis has just reminded me in the chat. However, yesterday there was a big bumper edition with mm-hmm. the returning Tanner, looking back at plenty of Premier League goodness. You can find that on the Radio Techers YouTube channel so if you're watching us live now you'll be able to find it very very quickly by staying on the channel and just scanning back through the videos it'll be right there it won't be far behind us where we are now check it out the guys go into in-depth detail on all the great premier league content this weekend if you're listening on the audio version jump on the youtube channel for radio attackers scan back a little bit look for the volley play take it in listen to some football Listen to the guys' opinions. Always worth a shout there. You can find me at SJP Words. Uh, I'm on. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm kind of all over the place at the moment. I guess. Yeah, no, you are. You are a, a social media savant. Really. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you can find me at SJP Words on Twitter. I'm also part of the Waiting Room podcast with. Mr. Benny Mac, which is coming back very, very soon. Next few weeks, season two will begin where we start season two of Quantum Leap. You can check out season one by going back and looking via the Radio Techers archives or looking on the pinned tweet on our account at waiting room pod underscore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am also involved with the SJP pod, obviously, is my show as well. There's a few different bib owner shows popping out here, there, and everywhere. Something coming up for you all very soon there with regards to talking a bit of Iron Maiden with my brother, who's in a touring rock band himself. So that's going to be quite interesting there. Um, we, I also have a new project. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it, but let me get around to that now, just in case I have forgotten. Um, the Doctor Who pod coming out on Tuesday, the 1st of February, with our good friend, Dan <laughs> <Okay>. Griffin. <laughs> Check that one out as well 
But most importantly, right now, you can follow this show at chain underscore wrestling on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and that TikTok thing of me, which I'm starting to use. It's getting going places. Check it out. Remember to vote in the polls. Remember to retweet. Thank you so, so much to everybody being involved. This show doesn't work without you. Love you as always. Magsy, I'm off now just to go and see if there is a Doctor Who podcast I can listen to maybe that comes out on the, on the 1st of February. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm going to Google it and see if anything comes up. I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Bye-bye. And I'm off to go and watch Barb Wire whilst wearing a mat. <laughs> a Repo Man mat. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. All right, by virtue of winning the Royal Rumble, we have a brand new World Wrestling Federation champion as the press watches on. At this time, to present the title belt to the new champion, our president, the distinguished Jack Tunney. Congratulations, Ric Flair, on becoming the undisputed champion of the World Wrestling Federation. Let me just say, after Vera distorting the belt to proclaim you the real world champion, I'm going to tell you all, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king of the WWE. You rule the world. Think about it like that, Mr. Perfect. Guys, the brain. Woo! 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 Let's give a big one! Woo! Woo! I was never so impressed with anything I've ever seen in all my life. He went out there for over 60 minutes, never took a back step, took it to Hogan, took it to The Undertaker, took it to whoever got in that ring. That's why he is, hey, Bobby, Bobby called now, the real world's heavyweight champion. We're not the kind of guys to say, we told you so, but we told you so. <laughs> okay, very good. Rick Flair, you have made world... Put that cigarette out. You have made World Wrestling Federation history here tonight. It's the greatest moment of my life. I want to jump. I want to party. But I got to tell you like this. For the Hulk Hogan's and the Macho Man's and the Pipers and the Sids. Now it's Ric Flair. And you all pay homage to the man. Woo! <laughs> I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up. We hope you have enjoyed your Royal Rumble.